You're listening to Like Flint Radio, part of the Revelations Radio Network. Could you excuse me for a couple of hours? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look at the subject. Please do the intro. That was the best intro we've had so far. <laughs> Welcome to Like Flint Radio. <laughs> Hello. And to our Hi. New Year's show. G'day. Can I also just add, for, for the sake of our listeners, welcome to Life Flint Radio, where anything can happen and probably will. <laughs> At least once. <laughs> at least once. So put on your tinfoil hat and join us on the journey. And if you're wondering at any time in this journey what on earth is going on, be assured you're not alone. Now, obviously, <laughs> obviously we're talking about the, the crew members here because we do have a, a range of guests that are going to be on the show uh, with us who won't be involved in so much as much craziness as you're about to hear from the Like Flint radio crew. But if at any time you feel like bailing out, please remain in your seat. Keep your seat upright, your seatbelt mm. on, fold up your tray, sit up straight <laughs> and turn up the volume. And prepare for a crash landing. <laughs> <laughs> you're on the non-stop yep. flight. Well, I prefer if mine stops. <laughs> Probably at the destination. <laughs> we shall fight them on the beaches. We shall fight them on the shores. But you shall never win against Sir Julian Charles. And now to our next guest. Uh, he is the host of what has been called the best podcast show on the interweb. If you listen to his show, you, you will find out why. I can also tell you he is a bon vivant, a jolly good chap. And from him, I've come to learn that les pipons se trouvent en coeur de la pomme. Of course, I'm talking about Julian Charles from The Mind Renewed. Welcome back to Like Flint Radio, Julian Charles. Good morning, liebe Stu. <laughs> How are you, Julian? Um, I'm okay, actually. Yeah, I'm, I'm, thank you very much for inviting me on. I'm actually a little bit, a little bit tired, but uh, that's just the way things go. But uh, other than that, I'm pretty much okay. So thank you very much for that fantastic introduction. Right now, that was a test of your French, um, and uh, <laughs> if you, I'll give you some time to think about it. And if you haven't worked it out, at the end of our discussion here, I'll tell you what I attempted. I attempted to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just wanted to ask you, um, with regards to the show, Julian, what were some of the highlights for 2014? Okay. Um, well, I guess it's one of those things, isn't it, when you start thinking about, well, what are the highlights? You start, you know, perhaps having one or two things that you put down on your list and then uh, you think, oh, well, I've got to include a few more things, which are perhaps e equally highlights. And then after a while, it becomes a quite long list. <laughs> I don't know what to choose to talk about. Um but I think really the the one that's got to be at the top of the list for sure is the interview that I was very privileged to do with uh, Dr. Stanley Monteith just um, six or seven weeks before he died, something like that anyway. And uh, I really felt called to do that interview. Um, I didn't know at 
at the time when I felt that that sense that I should talk to him that he was actually um, dying of cancer. Right. Um, so I really felt after certainly afterwards I felt oh I say that really was you know a, a call to do that and it was a, a, a really great conversation. Very much enjoyed that and a lot of people did say that they. Really liked that interview as well. So it was, uh, you know, having listened to him on and off for the last twenty years or so, it was, uh, you know, it was it was great to be able to do that. I, I would have loved the opportunity to talk to Doctor Stan myself. Um, like you, I'd been listening to him for um, many years and uh, really loved his work and um, really appreciated the guy. So, but also um, fortuitous uh, in the in the timing. Uh, in that, because obviously none of us knew that he was going to pass away so quickly after that. So, I guess yeah. as a fan of your show, that probably would have been one of my highlights for 2014 for your show. But do you have? Thank you. Have yeah. others? I do, yeah. And again, these are the kinds of things that I suppose have affected me in particular. And it doesn't doesn't necessarily comport with you know, the, the feedback that you get right. um, because people are affected in, in different ways. But I think the things that really struck me, um, I mean, one in particular was an interview with the filmmaker David Malone when he was, he was talking about trade deals, uh, TPP and, and TAFTA. Mm. Um, and really, I think it was the, the depth of feeling that he brought in that interview that really struck me, that he, was so, he is so deeply concerned about what's going on with those uh, the, the, the trade deals that uh, you know it rubbed off on me and, um, and made me realise just how important this is. That you know we really are. I mean, we know that there has already been somewhat of a corporate takeover of of everything, but I mean, this seems to be uh, you know really a, a step up that could could take place, and it needs to be. You know, we need to resist this. Um, and uh, he made a very very compelling case for that. And it really, I you know, I, at the end of that interview, I, I felt quite. Well, devastated is, is you know it's too <laughs> is too stark a term you know right. but I, I did feel really quite deeply affected by that one. Julian, do you, do you find there's a um, difference between the feedback you get and the shows that you personally enjoy or the shows that uh, affect you? I do. Yes, I find it very difficult to judge what mm. what what the reaction is going to be. It's, it's what I mean. Do you find the same? Um, I, I think I think I can answer for all of us because we're a team, and I think we do. Mm. Um, we we'll put a show together as a team, and we'll have a lot of fun doing that show, and um, mm. uh, and then y you know we'll get virtually no feedback on that one, and other ones <laughs> you'll do, <laughs> other ones you might do, and uh, and then you get a response, and you go, oh okay, well obviously you know everyone's an individual, and uh, you just you can't pick it, can you? No, that's right. Yes, mm. and so and sometimes you do something, you get, as you say, no reaction apparently from it, and uh, then months later, somebody will say, "Oh, well, I came across this particular interview that you did, and right. that was, you know, <laughs> really important for me, or whatever." And of course, then you think, "Oh, well, actually, maybe people did benefit from it after all." Right? Yeah. No, look, th yeah. those are always a um, they're a bonus when that when that happens. Yeah. But think what it is because we have a lot of fun together doing our our thing when we do it sometimes. Um, you know, because we've enjoyed it, we, we expect other people to get it. But I'm not sure people always get our sense of humour either. But anyway, that's... <laughs> it's a very individual thing, isn't it? Absolutely, well, yeah. That's what you get being um, in the Southern Hemisphere, mate, you know. <laughs> not everyone from that top side of the world will get it, but... Um... <laughs> I'm going to mention one more thing. Um, oh, okay. And that is that's the recent interview with Tony Zambotti, okay. uh, the 
uh, engineer talking about uh, the, uh, the U.S. National Institute of Standards and Technology report, on, particularly on Building 7. And that one really struck me as well, because I think the evidence, I, you know, people who've heard it will know, but uh, I think the evidence that he was presenting there uh, was, you know, it's difficult to say how to put it really, but, you know, I've had concerns, obviously, about 9-11 for many years, mm -hmm. and there's always been that, that kind of question mark um, of just about giving the official story, you know, the the slight benefit of the doubt, you, you know what I mean? Um, right. Of saying, I don't really know, I'm not absolutely sure, I have grave concerns about the official story, there's so much that's wrong with it, so much evidence that seems to point in the opposite direction, but, you know, I'm not going to say it definitely was an inside job, but with this interview, I really do feel that it, it has, it, it now becomes almost beyond reasonable doubt. And, uh, you know, I, I do urge people who haven't heard that interview, do go and, and listen to it. Um, sorry to plug my show <laughs> um, no, no. here, but, but, but honestly, um, in fact, as I put, on, I put it on Facebook and I said, look, to be quite honest, the mind review doesn't matter, this information does, because I thought it was that important. Right. Um, and I, I really do encourage people to share that, because I think what show number that's a is bit that? of a... Do, do what show? Uh, it is number 92 okay. um, on NIST's 9-11 Sins of Omission. Um, and he, Tony Zamboti and his uh, engineering team there, it looks seriously as if they have actually caught NIST out, it, leaving stuff out of their reports deliberately. Right. Um, and that's, that's really serious. So I did want to mention that one. Good, yeah. Any others? Uh, well, actually, Graham McQueen, Dr. Graham McQueen, came on talking about the anthrax deception, his latest oh, yeah. book. Um, yeah, that, that's another one. Of course, that feeds into the whole 9-11 yes, uh, yes. narrative as well. And, of course, the, the Tony Zamboti interview coming hot on, on the heels of the Graham McQueen interview, I think there was a kind of compound effect there because, yes. you know, Graham McQueen tied in the, the whole anthrax thing to 9-11 uh, very compellingly. And, you know, the whole thing is looking <laughs> distinctly, you know, as if it, as it is, in fact, a, an inside job. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it uh, might sound a bit trite to say, but... Um, because I wasn't there, I can't be certain 100%, um, and unless I was, I, I wouldn't be able to say. Uh, but I think you would have to go on the evidence that pres that's presented, and we have to be uh, put our critical thinking minds on, uh, look at it from every angle that we can, because we weren't there, uh, mm. and then, as you, as you put it, um, think, okay, so where does the weight of the evidence, is it starting to lean towards... Uh, an inside job, um, yeah. and and go from there and make your own decisions. I think, but at least I think that's right. Have critical and you, you can never say you can never say for sure because no. you can never prove such things. No, no, that's right. <laughs> uh, but but as you say, you you move closer and closer and closer in the in the direction of a particular kind of conclusion, don't you? And uh, right. I, I feel I'm closer <laughs> to that conclusion than I ever have been before. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, our thoughts for 2015. Um, can I get a scoop from you? What your plans are uh, for the show for 2015? Any special guests you've got lined up or hints? Well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> let, let me answer in the style of Enoch Powell. Okay. No. There we are. That's it. <laughs> 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 I mean, whatever you might have thought of the man, nevertheless, he, you know, he was, he was not a, a person who wasted words. <laughs> no, um, 
to be quite honest, I don't actually have many plans for the next year. And, it, and actually, in a way, that's the way the Mind Renewed has worked all along. I mean, I'm never more than about, uh, at the most, five or six shows ahead in planning. And most of the time, one or two, to be honest. And I constantly have this feeling that, uh, you know, I'm two or three weeks away from the, sh- from the Mind Renewed coming to an end. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's just I mean, I'm sure many people have that same kind of yes, feeling yes. Um, but things just come out of the blue and uh, you know you, you, you make uh, requests please will you come on the show and sometimes you don't hear you know and, and then months later sometimes you, you get a reply yeah of course I'll come on and then the, 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 ball, the ball keeps on rolling so I have a number of people who are going to come back on the show and I have people who I'd like to ask and people who I have asked and haven't got back to me yet and right, right. that's just the just the way it goes yeah but but I guess besides the answer being no the plan is to carry on I guess crack on in 2015 it would be okay oh yes to say, fair to say that oh yes I'm, I'm going to continue that's right for as, as long as I feel that uh, the Lord is both leading me in this direction and blessing what I'm doing amen amen so um, just for the sake of our listeners um, you can be found at it's simply um, themindrenewed.com? That's right, themindrenewed.com, yes. Not mindrenewed.com, but themindrenewed.com. <laughs> All right, well, I'll point people towards that. Um, I really encourage people to go and listen to uh, your show, Julian. Uh, I, I am one of those people who have said I think it's the best uh, podcast on the internet. I know I've said this a few times, but I'm not the only one who's actually said that. I really, really enjoy... Um, uh, the quality of your guests and your commitment to what you do. Um, and plus, I, I, I've also been told this as well, and I guess it's a good compliment to hear. Um, you, you're very easy on the ear. You're very easy to listen to. So that's also a good thing. You haven't got that uh, sort of grating Aussie accent that some podcasters <laughs> have, you know. Um, but you are easy to listen to, mate. <laughs> oh, that's, that's very generous of you. Thanks ever so much. Well, listen, thanks for coming on board for this uh, just this short snapshot, and we look forward to perhaps catching up with you again in 2015. Before we go, just want to let you know that um, my attempt at French, uh, uh, for the thing... <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I, Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. I apologise. Uh, well, well, no, I'm sure listen, you do much better than I could. I just wanted to tell you that the thing that I said that I, uh, I had um, learned from you was the pips are in the core of the apple. Julian Charles, thanks for joining us. Thank you ever so much for having me. I'm just trying to work out what that means, but... I shall say thank you very much for having me. Uh, it's, it's been good to be on. I'm sorry I've, I feel so tired. <laughs> I've done my best. Um, and, uh, yes, I, I'll say bye-bye as I think, what on earth did he mean? <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hello. Am I here? <laughs> These are just yeah, the voices so otherwise in your head. Speaking to somebody that you don't know. It's uh, all a matter of perception, Cliff. Are you here? Uh, <laughs> is up to you. It's how you view things. <laughs> it, it's where I am. <laughs> and where am I anyway? <laughs> Who am I? Who am I? Uh oh. Well, I guess I am here. Yeah. I guess. I'm here. 
This may um, be slightly better than a bad trip. That's all I can say. I was going to say, don't say too much more because you give away the uh, all of you. I'm talking to all of you that you've all had psychedelic trips in the past. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I only get my information from bad movies. Right. right. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I'm afraid I have to admit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one, one too many times. <laughs> I. So how, how is everybody this fine morning, afternoon, or evening? Oh, yeah. We're all over the place. Yeah, evenings, mm-hmm. afternoons, and mornings. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it's night here. I'm okay. I uh, really didn't do anything today. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm without transportation, so I'm stuck here a lot. Cruzy could come fetch you on his scooter. <laughs> <laughs> Benny! 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 What's up, Buttercup? I'm Batman. Alrighty. Well, on the line with me, I have Frank Johnson. And uh, Frank joined us a couple of times uh, in 2014. Once, uh, one episode, we did a, a full uh, Like Flint radio episode with Frank, and then we had him back for a flake. But what I thought we might do is just get Frank on and ask him a little bit about his writing in 2014, what he'd done in 2014, and then finally we will ask Frank what his plans are for 2015. But anyway, Frank, good to have you back, mate. Good day. Thanks for uh, having me back. You're most welcome. I've been looking forward to talking to you again, and um, uh, it's not a secret I've been trying to get you back for another flake um, or another show because I really, I really enjoy your take on, on things especially to do with the blog that you write for. So um, can you just tell our audience and, and me um, a little bit about that, what you've been writing this year, uh, and then we'll talk about next year. But um, what have you been up to this year? What do you think sure, you've yeah. achieved, maybe, is the question. Yeah, you know, um, I, I'm not sure what to say as far as, like, uh, achievements go, mm-hmm. but, you know... Um, before coming on, I did take a look at uh, some of the blogs I did for uh, Ancient Aliens Debunked over the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I only did about eight of them, which isn't that many. But um, I think just looking back at it, I, I see that I'm trying to go through the stuff more slowly and be more accurate and make sure the information I put out is good and it's, you know, going to be helpful to people, I guess. Right. right. Yeah. Is it mainly your interest is uh, is sort of debunking those mysteries that might um, uh, catch people out if they go too far down one path? Is that the sort of thing you like to do? Yeah, I think so. I think that's my and maybe part of the reason why I've been much slower with it is I'm trying to figure out what a good motivation and target right. is for for the blog. Um, you know, I started out. Uh, doing it for for chris white and he kind of just wanted you know just some you know debunking of some of the more popular theories and the blog i i kept doing the last couple of years because um you know he obviously couldn't cover everything and even in a three-hour movie and so Mm -hmm. there's still all these things out there and you know back when i was uh you know more of an immature christian i was getting into some of this UFO stuff, and it would have really been nice to have a resource like this to right. to go to to say, oh, hey, this stuff's nonsense, and be able to find out why, you know. 
what's one of your favorite debunks from 2014? Oh, from 2014, I think. Uh, although the like the first two I did the the Olmex that was a David Childress thing mm-hmm. he had going on. I I enjoyed doing that one, but it was really a lot of work. But I think my Maybe my two favorite ones were the the Nephilim skulls, which we talked really a lot about, the the Conehead skull and the Star Child skull. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Those were a lot of fun to do because... um, Yeah, because we covered those in that show, didn't we? So people could listen to that one, yeah. Yeah, we we did. And that that, that was a lot of fun because, um, you know, the alien group people say, oh, it's aliens, and then you have a lot of... um, you know, Christians who are saying, "Oh, these are Nephilim," and really, n- neither of them are are right. I don't, I don't think so. Right, right. Uh, that was a lot of fun to do, and I think it kind of is a good spot to bring some of the alien people closer to the truth, and also, you know, maybe teach some of us, you know, in the body of Christ, to kind of think a little more critically about some of this stuff. You know, we're getting into so. Yeah. Um, and that's that kind of leads into maybe how my focus is changing is where do I take it from there? Do I keep just doing a straight debunking? How do mm-hmm. I how do I maybe bring it closer to more of um, maybe not? Well, I'd like to somehow get as close to like getting out God's word and sharing the gospel as much as I can. But, you know, I kind of try to find the right balance and the right way to do that with this topic is is a challenge. So. <laughs> Yeah, no. Look, I, I know what you're saying, but I, I and I and I do agree with you. We do want to bring it. We do want to bring um, everything we do. We do want to honor God and honor Jesus and and bring the gospel to to it. But I also think um, work that people like you do does help people, uh, even if it's not specifically the gospel, because many people go down these strange paths and find themselves in a you know far away from where they thought they might have been heading. For example, I think um, perhaps the Nephilim thing has been a a bit overdone to the point now where it's hard to recognize uh, what any of it has to do with us as believers anymore because Mm -hmm. it's just this sort of fascination with these mysterious uh, uh, beings and creatures um, that uh, you get so far away from. And I've got to admit that in past times I was right into a lot of these uh, mysteries, uh, mysterious things that had maybe, you know, had a Christian uh, veneer over the top or a Christian tinge to it. Um, But I also would have loved to, uh, back in those days, let's say at least, I don't know, when the the internet sort of first became available, when it was invented by Al Gore. um, (laughs) Um... I just had to throw that one in there, Frank. Sorry. <laughs> but, well, he did invent it, so that, continue. <laughs> that's right. The internet brought a lot of these things out, and and I know I realized that I'd wandered down a path where, you know, I was looking at all these weird and wacky and strange things, and I was no longer studying the Bible or you know looking at the scriptures as much as I, I perhaps should have, and and I wasn't being a good student. Um, so, you know. I, I, I really a, appreciate people like yourself, Chris White, uh, and, and many others who do these debunks because it does help uh, as many unbelievers as it might help. It helps believers as well from going down, you know, a strange and mysterious path where, like I say, you might end up in a place where you're so far away from the scriptures and the gospel truth that, um, you know, you have to work your way back. You have to go back to studying to show yourself approved to find your way back to what is the truth. 
Um, yeah. Do you think that makes sense? Yeah, totally. I, I think that's that's how I'm trying to look at, you know, in retrospect, that looking mm. back at 2014 is trying to make sure that what I've done it has done that and trying right. to find out the best way to continue doing that. And, you know, I, I think what you said is, is great. That's uh, it's great um, that, uh, you know, that sort of thing is... It's good to hear from somebody else that that's a valuable thing, especially for other Christians, you know, because... I think it's invaluable. Invaluable, mm-hmm. you know. It, you can't put a price on it. Our interest in these things is sometimes misguided because they're not such a mystery after all. Like, recently mm-hmm. I saw you post on Facebook about the the large stones in uh, at Baalbek. Are you going to look at that one? You know, I think I'm going to. Um, I'm probably going to have to because um, that's something that... Uh, I know Chris touched on in in the movie, but mm. there's and, and you can find the transcript and find the data from that, but it's not really in a blog. So I think it maybe deserves okay. a maybe a, a quick look. You know, some people are saying, "Oh yeah, you, you know, you needed Atlantean technology, or you mm-hmm. needed like mm-hmm. giants to do this." But actually, you know, you just needed some big levers and a lot of hard work. You know, there's more to it than that. But is it correct to say that there's no crane, modern crane built that could lift and move them? Yes, there was something like that being said um, by by people, and I, I'm not sure who is saying all that, but mm. there, there are people who do like make that claim. And yeah, maybe our modern cranes can do it, but the way the whoever built Bellbeck, you know, they they were able to like just use rollers and like build up the dirt around it. Um, in the Ancient Aliens movie, Ancient Aliens debunked movie, mm-hmm. uh, Chris really breaks down that really well. Mm. how they did it like they basically they would elevate like one part of the ground and then they'd lift the stone up on top of that and they'd you know elevate the ground on the other side of the stone and like you know kind of do a little step back and forth kind of thing they, there was no like crane lifting it and nothing like that you know maybe there was some of that to an extent but not like not like we would think of a, a crane like moving the whole stone or anything like that Okay, so um, just for the sake of our listeners, and possibly you will do something on this next year. Uh, yeah. Frank, we're talking about the trilophon, the huge stones at Baalbek in um, in Lebanon. Yep. And I think one of them is uh, uh, 800 ton. Yeah, I think that that's right. about it. So I had in my mind somewhere I was thinking one of them was like, you know, nearly a thousand, but I think one of them was 800 ton and we're. Trying to work out, okay, so how did they, how did they move these? You know, did they have these giant nephilim, you know, in chains moving them for them, or yeah. what was going on? But anyway, that's something yes. we, we can uh, talk about in the future if you um, if you're going to do something on that. So so let's yeah. get to that, Frank. What are you? What are your plans? Have you? I know I've really put this on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you thinking for 2015? I think um, I would really like to kind of get back into the rhythm of doing blogs more regularly and just kind of, I think a lot of the ones I've written have been pretty long, so maybe try to do more and shorter ones. Right. That might be a good idea, or just try to find a way to get back into even doing them. Um, In addition to kind of trying to get the blog started back up again, um, you know, I had been talking with a couple of people and this is not really concrete yet so I'm not going to mention any names but there's been a couple of people I've been sort of talking with about maybe working on a book with them um, 
Yeah, one is more of the ancient aliens kind of thing, and one is more kind of a more modern type of thing. So right. both in the same subject. It's just I'm not sure. It's just one of those things. It's where do you find the time and what form does it take, kind of thing. So yeah. yeah. So in addition to the blog, maybe thinking about a couple of books if everything works out right and can can get the motivation and, and everything. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because you've been pretty busy, haven't you? Yeah, I've been having a you know a lot of problems. Well, not problems necessarily, but just kind of um, a lot of things to deal with at work lately and um, changes there and kind of some changes in, at home too. So, um, so a lot life issues. Uh, a lot of life like, issues, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. yeah, and that's why I'm not going to get too much into that because I'm sure other people all have the same problems sure. so, or worse. So, <laughs> um, But, yeah, life is happening, and so just trying to find a way to work work around life and do blogs. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, well yeah. um I wanted to say um, thanks for your time. Thanks for coming on yeah. board for this uh, small segment in our um, end of year slash New Year spectacular. Um, sure. For now, though, where can people find your work? Where, where, where can they go and have a look at what you're writing? Well, the most current thing is uh, Ancient Aliens Debunked. Mm-hmm. Uh, just Google Ancient Aliens Debunked blog. You'll find a link to the website and a okay. uh, the, the three-hour movie's on there for free as well, so... Alrighty, well, Frank, thanks for your time. Uh, thanks for taking the time to give us a bit of uh, uh, an insight in what you're up to, and also perhaps some insight in what you might be doing next year, and uh, wish you all the best, and thanks for coming on board, and um, thanks for your time. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. It's always always fun to talk to you. Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. Uh, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, so, your captain, uh, Captain Mazuta. Uh, welcome, uh, uh, welcoming uh, both our seated and standing passengers on board Zimbabwe. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, please ignore the big red L signs outside the plane. I would like to apologize for the four-day delay in taking off. Uh, it's due to bad weather and uh, some o- overtime I had to put in it to the bakery. <laughs> this is a flight 1262 Harare. Uh, landing is not guaranteed, but uh, we will end up somewhere in Zimbabwe. In fact, if luck is in your favor, we may even land on your bridge. We would like to remind you that TA Zimbabwe has an excellent safety record. In fact, our safety standards are so high that even terrorists are afraid to fly with us. It is with the pleasure that I announce that starting this year, over 30% of our passengers have reached their destination. We uh, regret to inform you that today's in-flight movie will not be shown as we forgot to record it from the television. (laughs) 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 And would like to remind you that there's no smoke allowed on this airplane. Any smoke that you may see in the cabin is only the early warning system on the engines telling us to slow down. In order to catch important landmarks, we try to fly as close as possible for the best view. Uh, If, however, we go a little too close, please do let us know. 
Uh, kindly now be seated. Keep your seat in an upright position for takeoff and fasten your seatbelt. For those of you who can't find a seatbelt, kindly fasten your own belt to the arm of the seat. <laughs> and, <laughs> and for those of you who can't find a seat, do not hesitate to get in touch with a stewardess who will explain how to fasten yourself to your suitcase. <laughs> Enjoy your flight with the Zimbabwe. <laughs> I wouldn't know about that being 50. <laughs> I'm sorry, Actually, <laughs> I was just having a little snooze. I mean, I mean, sorry. Cl- I mean Clifford I above 50, actually. I kind of... Yeah, I, I kind I'm of... I'm uh, I don't know. I, I drifted off a bit when you started talking about cars. Um, but anyway, uh, Cruzy? I'm right here. Cruzy? <laughs> oh. I could Ta-da. tell you. Uh, um, well, then... Oh, right Audie, would you prefer to talk about horses and girly things? Movies. Let's talk um, about Antonio well, Banderas. You know, I'm sure, I'll bet you there's a okay, movie. Okay, I'm going to go uh, have a snooze. <laughs> there you go. You, guys you, can't please, you can't please everyone. I've just proven it. <laughs> just don't ask her to start talking about politics, please. <laughs> Dr. Future to the emergency, calling Dr. Future. Well, it is my absolute pleasure to welcome our very good friend and um, someone we just love to bits, and that is Dr. Future. <laughs> Doc, welcome to Like Flint Radio again. Well, it's a pleasure, and uh, I've always wanted to be on Flintstones Radio, yeah. and uh, say, yeah, but do. Yeah, oh, wait, like Flint Radio. I'm sorry. Oh, but you can say yabba dabba do. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I was ready for a Brontosaurus burger <laughs> on Flintstones Radio. That's right, yeah. I think um, our good friend Johnny, he's um, uh-huh. quite into that idea of like uh, of the Flintstones Radio. And, um, Is he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like Bam he's like Bam. Bam, <laughs> bam, 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 bam. bam. <laughs> So yeah, he's that. That's his favorite, the Flintstones. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, no, it's great to be on the show. Kidding aside, yeah. I know this is a very serious, high very, class program. Very, very serious. Uh, certainly much higher than I am, and I'm privileged to be here. I couldn't be on the custodial staff of Light Flint Radio. Oh, it's so high come class. On. You are reaching very low, I have to say, Doc. But <laughs> as long as you, yeah, we're happy. So yeah. But how how are you doing? It's really good oh, to boy. be chatting to you after all this time. What a, what a loaded question. How are you doing? I, I mean, know. I could, I knew I could that speak was geologically, <laughs> you know, as far as my order in the cosmos, <laughs> chrono- chronologically, you know. It's, it's, I should have a ticker like the stock market. Yeah, <laughs> I could show up and down how it goes. But all things being said, uh-huh. the last, thing, last time I checked, the Lord is on his throne. Uh-huh. And uh, I have I have his righteousness imputed to me, even though I'm uh, anybody don't deserve it. Oh. So I guess I can't say it's too bad oh. in that regard. Oh, that's it's good. a little chilly here. On to, to balance the 
you know, eternal destiny of my soul in, in bliss with, with my Lord. On the bad side, it's a little chilly here in the room. So, you know, I've got extreme good and bad, I guess you could say. <laughs> so you guys it's almost like nine. it's winter. Yeah. It's almost like it's winter time here. Yeah. Winter in the room or winter just in general? <laughs> yeah, I, I should fix those big holes in the room here. Oh, but that's uh, probably this, this is where... Yeah, this is where Mrs. Future usually is. I don't worry about it too much. But uh, hey, now you you guys are, are the place where the the toilets flush the other direction, right? That's right. Yeah, that's exactly okay. right. Okay. All right. Yeah, hey, I always teach us that. <laughs> do, do what? I'm sure you were the one to teach us that too. But continue. Yeah, I probably brought that up before. <laughs> hey, um, uh, I have a question for you. While while we're discussing this, I, is it like nice and uh, steamy hot there where you are? Well, at the moment, it's uh, about 5 o'clock in the morning, so it's not quite hot uh, yet, but it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be. Well, yes. the real question I had is, on, on the globes that you all have, mm. is the southern hemisphere on top of the globes? Is it on top of the globes? Are they, is it the opposite of the globes we have here? Would, the, would Australia and South America and the southern part of Africa be on the top and North America on the bottom? Ah, oh, I see. Because it's just as valid, you know? It is, in our view, at least. (laughs) It is. You remember our future quake, we were very much relativist, so that's just an extension of that, you know, Mm. according to how you look at things. So anyway, I've always wondered that, but (laughs) that's probably not why you called me, was to discuss this. No, not really, but I'm up for any discussion, as long as it's not terribly scientific, it's fine. Well, if you want to know my lifestyle right now, uh-huh. my glamorous lifestyle as a former washed-up uh, internet radio host, uh, I basically live like the Ted Kaczynski Unabomber lifestyle. Wow. I'm uh, tucked tucked away in the the Doctor Future Fortress with Pyro and Mrs. Future, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm just letting my fingers fly and writing my manifestos as fast as I can get them done, and. Uh, Unfortunately, it's slightly larger than the Magna Carta, so <laughs> uh, I'm finishing the fifth volume that I'm writing. Wow. The, the, fourth, the fourth of six volumes planned for the Holy War Chronicles, mm-hmm. a spiritual view on the war on terror. And I also, some time ago, finished a spinoff one that I had done before that called The Hidden Hand Against the Godfears. Wow. And so they're all sitting on the shelf needing some TLC just to brush them up, maybe add a little sanity to them. But uh, I'm finishing up again one right now. It's, uh, it's a little lengthy uh, for the other ones. It's almost 700 pages now, so I'm hoping oh. to wrap it up. And I think I've gotten about 2,500 pages of manuscript wow. finished so far. I'm right just past that. Hmm. And so a lot. it's all heavy-duty historical religious history, m- you know, millions of references, except for the old books I reference. And even some of those, everything's hot-linked. Hmm. So when people get it, uh, when they don't believe what I say, which I expect most people won't, they can actually go look for it themselves. Wow. Well, that's so awesome. That's, yeah, so they can trace my steps, and uh, if anybody would be so foolhardy to do so, and they can sort of verify to see if the things I'm telling them are uh, real, because it's been a incredible learning experience, and I would recommend any of your listeners and you and your co-host mm-hmm. to try a crack at this process of taking a serious topic and writing on it, both fiction and nonfiction. But in the nonfiction, when you're when you're diving into serious topics and you really gotta get to source material, making sure you know really what's being talked about and going on, uh, it, it it brings in a discipline to you. 
uh, that forces you to organize your thoughts, to, to really get to the crux of matters. And it has helped me work through some very difficult uh, religious, political, sociological issues just in the due diligence of doing this process. So I recommend that to everybody out there. You know, if they care enough to listen to your show, sure. your listeners have enough skill, ability, and passion that they should uh, take something that they're passionate about and uh, contribute. Because right now we've got a bunch of loser people, for the most part, who contribute to things, and we need to get some of your fine audience out there putting their two cents out so we can have some good content to read, rather than the stuff you find in a lot of, unfortunately, Christian bookstores. And uh, get instead of uh, chewing down, maybe get some uh, meat for people to chew on. I agree with that, Doc. I mean, I think it's, it is always the challenge, isn't it? It's like putting in the time, because you've put in an enormous amount of time to this project. But the thing is, there isn't a lot really out there where, like you say, it's meat, you know, and not just fluffy, you know, make you feel better <laughs> kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, I think it's incredible that you've really taken the time and the effort to to really try to get to grips with the subject that you are looking at. Well, Andy, I'm just glad that uh, you didn't presume I was dead and that I was still <laughs> out there somewhere alive. Even though I've been from parts unknown and underground for a good while now, I recognize. Mm -hmm. And all your listeners out there, if they're uh, former Futurians or – I don't know if they're like Marines. You know, Marines are always Marines, so I don't know if Futurians are always Futurians. But uh, wherever your listeners are out there, they're familiar with the kind of stuff we do, and I know you all do. Right. Um, I appreciate you all, your patience, and uh, – Enjoy yourself now because you'll have some heavy reading going on here shortly. I can imagine. Uh, I, I'm, I'm rounding third base, and I'm going to hopefully crank these next two volumes out and then just start releasing them. I'm going to try to do them in two-month increments just to have enough time to come places like your place, if you'll have me, and elsewhere. Oh, yeah. And uh, have some good long chats about it, and then we'll have another one out on the table. So uh, oh, got a lot of stuff to talk about. So just keep that show rolling there because I'm going to be seeing you <laughs> shortly with some material. <laughs> no, that's really cool. I look forward to it. I think I've said that three times now, actually, to you. And that's probably over that, the well, last couple of years. <laughs> that'll be the only I ever hear about it. I get about three. So I'm, that's how many books I'm hoping to sell. So if I, uh, I'm going for five. I can't. Hey, wow. um, what's been on your mind, Andy? What's, uh, what's, what's been uh, twirling around you in the show since I've been uh, sort of quarantined here? Oh, wow. We've actually been doing quite a bit of uh, different stuff in the show. We've been trying to look at a couple of theological issues, not just looking at what we told um, mm -hmm. and, and learning to just assess that, learning to really try and dig deeper and um, find out for ourselves, you know, uh, what the word really says. So there's been, there's been a couple of interviews around that. We've just done a great interview now with, um, with Mike Heiser, Dr. Michael Heiser. So that was a real first for us. It's something we wanted to do for a long time, but that was that was I, pretty I, special. I taught him. I taught him everything he knows, Andy. I know. So he claims. <laughs> yeah, everything he knows. I helped him get that degree. Work through oh. it. I, I got tired of pulling him along. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I'm really scared if you're having that kind of tripe come in your show. Guys like Mike you. Kaiser come in. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. it's hectic. You need to be a little bit more discerning. <laughs> Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> it was very cool. 
to have him on. And um, so that, that was probably one of the highlights of the year. We've had a couple of others. Um, I don't know if you know of uh, Daryl Bock, um, but he is a professor at um, Dallas Theological Seminary. And um, mm -hmm. so he's come on and chatted about a couple of things as well with us. So, yeah, we've had some, some really good interviews and a lot to think about, a lot to chew on, I think. I hope so, mm -hmm. at least. And it has been for me where I've also had to really go and uh, relook at some things and some ideas that I've had. So it's, it's good. I think the challenge is always good. And um, especially well, when it's what's... just not uh, digesting everything you're just kind of given, you know. Right. Yeah. What's the uh, most controversial topic between you and your co-host so I can tell y'all who's right and who's wrong? <laughs> There's so many, believe me. <laughs> we come <laughs> from so many different ideas and and things. Oh, my goodness. I think the one thing that got brought up um, with, with Mike Heiser was uh, OSAS, I think, was the one. I don't know uh, what your views would be on that, if you'd like to just throw that out there. Um, and there was one other. Uh, 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 of what? That's once saved, always saved. That's a real hot topic. Oh, yeah. Topic. Eternal security. Yeah, there we go. And yeah. um, oh, there, there, there are so many of these uh, topics that um, we probably well, don't all agree. Can I throw out an idea? Please do. Can I throw out an idea on that so you, you have at least one, <laughs> one gram of content with all of my foolishness? Sure. Uh, you know, I don't feel like my job is done here in my brief visit if I haven't alienated myself from everybody in your audience. There we go. We and want to remember you. I do. <laughs> I do feel like that's my duty. Uh -huh. You know, I unite. I unite people from across the aisle in their joint opposition against me. And and this is a topic. It, would you like my two cents for you asking please me, do. or uh, please, if please I just do. barged in? <laughs> go for it. Well, let me just throw this uh, figurative theological grenade under the tent and move on. I'll let you all deal with it after okay. I'm gone. Thanks, um, I've wrestled with that, Andy, because I was, I was raised in the Southern Baptist Church that taught once saved, always saved, eternal security. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't presented it so much from, uh, as a component of Calvinism or anything like that. That never really came up. It was just a uh, considered an aspect of God's provision and ability to hold us in his hand right. and the seal of the Spirit on us. Now, I went to a Church of Christ high school that um, probably would have been more Arminian, mm -hmm. and they did believe that you could lose your salvation under extreme circumstances, mm -hmm. you know, voluntarily or, or maybe even lesser means. Right. But uh, they had Bible passages that they would use, and I'm sure you all have debated them on your show, that would support that position, mm -hmm. and I have known Bible passages to support the other. Right. And in, in my time of hanging out at churches and wrestling with stuff, I have found that when you've got two groups of Bible-believing Christians that sincerely want the answer, and they have scripture they can cite on both, that a lot of times the answer is sort of a third way, or a way that can attempt to harmonize, because you know God God will harmonize His his word and his perspective. Right. The challenge is us being able to grasp it. Hmm. Uh, and, and to be able to, and, and that's, you know, and a lot of these things we won't ever grasp, but it's part of the mystery of God, and maybe he'll reveal to it later, and we need to just cool it and relax. In the middle of it. But on this topic, something that got me thinking a couple of years ago, and, and it's always dangerous to have real deep theological thoughts based on a parable, so I'll admit that up front. <laughs> but I was thinking about the parable of the sower. Oh. And the seed that Jesus told. 
And it had different seed that was planted on different ground, you know, and most of it didn't germinate. But there were two examples of two seeds that germinated. One of them germinated, and it quickly flowered. But it says, you know, the winds and everything came, and he, he described it as like the, the cares of this life and persecution and things like that. Right. That even though it actually germinated and flowered, it said it had no root, and it disappeared. And whereas the other seed that germinated developed good strong roots and because of that all of the same challenges the wind uh all of the other things hit at the sun and this and that and it was stood because it had root right and so what i have wondered and again this is probably heretical but that at least i want to be consistently heretical uh, on air is that possibly maybe what what jesus is inferring is that we need to get believers and disciple them to a state of rootedness and that when believers embrace the word, they accept it willingly, they want to be a part of it, there may be a very, very important role that the church fellowship has around them mm-hmm. to disciple and to develop those roots so that those roots develop so that there's no way to yank that plant out of there. Yeah. And, and, and such a rooted plant is secure. Even It says even in like drought, uh, maybe when the rains of God's blessing, seem to be far away, depressing times or things. When you have a long extended root system, you can still find water in far away places. Hmm. And so it, it, of course, it strengthens the plant too from, from physical uprooting and things like this. But, but we as believers need to be more serious in how we cultivate the ground, not only just to get the seed to germinate, which is from the evangelical world. That's where I come from, you know. Right. We, we want to get somebody to, to say the sinner's prayer and the four spiritual laws and move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. You know, get, get them down front of the crusade and we're done. Right. Well, I think that's when our work just begins. And uh, we need to really cultivate these, these seedlings that sprout and break up the soil. There's, there's rocks that it says it causes a problem. So we need to take the rocks out of the soil we need to turn over the soil, make it able for the water to get down to it, the water of, of God's word, um, get the weeds out that choke it. We can help in that process. Right. So I, that's something that I'm just thinking out loud about. Is, is rootedness really the state we want to get to that's a secure state? Um, and, you know, there are warnings in Scripture that, uh, you know, there are many that will claim his name. Uh, that Jesus will say, I never knew. And that's, that's to me, the most terrifying verses in the Bible. Uh, and so we need to really make sure people, uh, you know, well, like Hillary Clinton used to say, it takes a village to raise a kid. Well, there's a little bit of that with a, with a believer. Uh, yeah. Discipleship is serious, and that's what the Great Commission was, yeah. is go ye therefore and make disciples. That's right. So if I, is that enough to cause problems? Not at all. I don't and know. I, and I can move on. <laughs> That was actually really cool, Doc. Yeah, that's given me a lot to think about too because it's true. Uh, I think even as believers, we should be able to, like you say, invest into a baby's future and try to just help them to be grounded. You know, build your house on the rock, not on the sand. And um, I think really that, that has given me quite a bit to think about because often we think, well, it's just up to that believer to be doing that. But actually, like you say, it takes all of us. And um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, I think that's really cool. 
so we could maybe take a break from from arguing and fussing at each other and maybe turn to new believers and do something useful like that. Yeah, that would be good. (laughs) And it is amazing, I think, where, you know, we do have such varying ideas theologically, but actually when Mm -hmm. it just comes down to it, you know, if we just look at the simple things um, and we can look at just that, you know, helping a person to grow, I feel that we're actually going to probably be doing far more uh, good than tearing each other apart, you know, in some of these things. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying we are, by the way, but it's just I think it's so easy to get into that state of just arguing about things. You know, this mm-hmm. one's right, this one's right. Um, and that often leads to more confusion than anything, actually, is my oh. own experience, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, but when we can well, thank, thank goodness that them. never happens. Uh, thank goodness that never happens on on Facebook. Never. <laughs> I think Facebook's immune from that. Yeah, Facebook is just not a breeding ground for it at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! But that was good. I really appreciated that, Doc. <laughs> would it be Would it be too much to to ask to um, have Doctor Future look into the future a little bit, see what's going to be happening, or what you? hope to be happening <laughs> next year. Yes, that is too much to ask it of me. It is. Uh, yeah. so, yes. It, it just sucks <laughs> the life force out of me. I can imagine. I actually just wither here, taking the force of it. No, uh, <laughs> as a caveat to your audience, which which I told you before the show, you need to do that, the uh, announcement Little. before, that you don't endorse any of the <laughs> views or perspectives of the guest this week, <laughs> unlike Lent. Neither the management or the staff, <laughs> nor, nor even the guest himself, endorses them. Oh, um, as far as the future, you're talking about the next 12, 24 months? Well, you know, even the next month is fine. <laughs> it's hard to predict. Well, but, I was going to shoot for 20 minutes. But, oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> you know, you make, you, you make me sort of melancholy asking this because I realize this is the season that Future Quake always recorded its prediction show. That's right. That right. that we aired uh, usually the the first uh, the first day of the new year that we aired during that week, and uh, that makes me a little sad. We'd have our our special guest on there, so in in tribute to that, maybe I can scratch my. Now you didn't tell me this in preparation, so I haven't had a chance to uh, deliberate or make notes on it. Um, you know the things that I'm finding that are starting as we speak right now and it could reverse overnight Mm -hmm. but we're having some weird stuff happening economically because of the plummeting oil prices i don't know if you remember our friend mish uh our our economic expert that we would have on our our show i went over to his website i check it pretty regularly and uh he was talking about the currency crisis that has happened particularly in russia Hmm. uh where we're just in a just a short matter of weeks uh, the, the currency is, is roughly half the value to the dollar that it was not long ago. Wow. Uh, and other currencies are having the same thing. And so it, it is – some people have said that, that this has been done as, as an effective way to get at Russia because of the things going on in Eastern Europe. Mm-hmm. And it may well be. It, that may well be what's going on because it's having a devastating effect. And the only scary thing in geopolitical world is when major entities get desperate. It's like a badger in a corner when they have nothing to lose. Right. Uh, that's when things get ugly. And, uh, you know, the the uh, statesmen of old, you know, I think about the Cuban Missile Crisis, e- e- even Khrushchev and Kennedy 
both took actions to help the other guys save face with their own public. Hmm. And they recognized that this was not the kind of world where one was going to be the winner and the other the loser. But it was a kind of thing that either everybody loses or nobody. And right. so they would always provide a way to save face. And I think we've lost a lot of that um, in this, the pragmatic side of the geopolitical world. And it's, it could get really ugly if Russia feels more and more isolated. Uh, you know, they're, they're becoming sort of a pariah right now. Yeah. Uh, because of things, and people debate, and it's a good debate to have on the internet of uh, where the blame really lies in a lot of that, and there's cases to be made on both sides. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that's something that could make 2015 very interesting. If oil stays down real low, uh, it it will, while it's good for us common folk, it will wreck some economies. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, to see what happens with that is going to be very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Don't be surprised if there's some terrorism events uh, where probably it's not going to be the the people who it looks like are behind it. Right. Uh, false flag terror, that's that's pretty common historically. Yes. Um, but they'll do something just to destabilize everything so people start panicking. And the uh, price of oil usually goes up whenever that happens. Right. All it takes is somebody sneezing in the Persian Gulf, and all of this would be over. Yeah. Uh, or somebody decides they want to turn on some more refineries. You know, the U.S. Uh, has been touting that uh, they've been top in, in natural gas production, and now they're getting ready to be the top in liquefied production through oil shell and things like this. And there's also some thoughts that this this drop in price is trying to put the oil shell people out of business because they can't compete on price uh, with these, just like other alternative fuels, you know, ethanol and things like that. You drop it enough, they can't do it. So. Uh, one thing that's probably pretty sure we'll never be told the the real story of why this stuff's going on, hmm. but but I think that'll I think that'll be a big deal. Um, you know, the ISIS thing obviously is is sort of the front and center. Yeah. And the thing that I try to tell people with ISIS, you know, nobody in their right mind would defend or justify these uh, fiends right. who, who are running this kind of stuff. But the big question to ask is, who are they answering to? Uh, and that really became front and center when I began writing my book series, and I began to find out how the Muslim Brotherhood had been founded by British intelligence. Wow. And they had been founded because there were secular independence movements that were raising up in the Middle Eastern British colonies, like Egypt, Mm -hmm. and they needed an opposing force, sort of the Hegelian dialectic, uh, and they really cultivated uh, and helped a fellow, this Al-Afghani guy, who, who was really a marginal Muslim, to do a pan-Islamist movement to balance the secular movements. Hmm. And the Americans did the same thing with the Wahhabi family in Saudi Arabia okay. to bolster the House of Saud. And in fact, the one that shocked me the most was the the quotes that I had from the senior officials in the Israeli government uh, – the head of, I believe it was Shin Betch, their their FBI, okay. uh, another ambassador to Israel, that admitted their founding of Hamas, and that uh, they had founded Hamas for the identical reasons. Uh, the the secular movement and PLO uh, was a secular nationalist movement, just to have an independent state, and and this Islamist influence of Hamas was intended to basically split the ticket and uh, create a strategy of tension between them. The other thing that's been very convenient for them, that, and, and this has been admitted in the press too, is that how Hamas will often be triggered 
if there's a lot of pressure for a peace deal or something else like this, they'll trigger Hamas to do some kind of terrorist thing to sort of sabotage a peace deal. Hmm. That goes on everywhere. Wow. And it's gone on for a long time. The Americans often had renegades that would provoke the Indians to try to sabotage a peace deal. Mm-hmm. Um, because the problem is, is that there really aren't any such things as peace profiteers. There's money to be made in war. Uh, and I'm talking about people who are opportunists. The only people who prosper in peace are the common folk. Hmm. Um, but, but for the ambitious, war and conflict is required. Uh, and they'll do what they have to, and they'll do it through third parties, whatever they need to do to make it happen. Yeah. So those are the things that require diligent study, and even then you can't be sure. But, you know, this is all foretold in Scripture. Right. And we said many times on Future Quake and, and uh, what is it, Revelation chapter 18, mm-hmm. about how the kings of the earth and the, uh, the uh, great merchants of the earth conspire together and through their sorceries, they deceived the nations of the earth. Yeah, that's right. So it wasn't invented on our watch. The only problem is, like like Daniel said at the end of his book, in the last days, knowledge will greatly increase and mm-hmm. people go to and fro. And in the Internet age, the computer age, things like this, they have new tools to accelerate this convergence to something that only Jesus is going to be able to sort out. Well, I, I often just think with this thing with ISIS, you know, I mean... What should our reaction be as Christians, I suppose, is, is my question. Well, I think you asked the right question. Is What should be our response as Christians? And it should not be as a South African or as a American or Australian or whoever. Yeah. Um, the civil government has their responsibilities, you know, to keep their citizens safe. I understand that. Yeah. But for the body of Christ... Not, not only does, does our reach expand across national borders, but our purposes and motives do, are not coincident mm-hmm. with national objectives as expressed by the politicians of the day or foreign policy agencies for our countries. We, we don't have to play ball or carry their water. And we can still be good citizens of our country where we are. Yeah. So we really do need to look at it and maybe go back and, and go to our commander-in-chief mm. and say, what, what was his policy? What, what was his battle plan? Um, what, what objective and mission did he give us? And you know, if it, if it fits with the whims of, of some of our politicians at one time, fine. If they don't, fine. Um, but I, I would say... Um, he and his hand-picked apostles remind us repeatedly in Scripture that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers yeah. and, and rulers in high places. That should keep us very busy. Yeah. Now, those principalities and powers will work through these people who behead people. That's right. They'll work through other people who oppress them or put people in jail. They'll also work at people in our own country who we've elected who torture other people. They'll work with people in our pulpits, in our church, to inflame people to hatred against other people just because of their nationality or skin color. Right. The, the principalities and powers are the same gang behind all this stuff. And so we, we have to look at a different alignment than this duality tribalism that our, our secularists give us. Uh, and America is notorious for that. Probably British Empire, Commonwealth countries are too. Yeah. 
right. uh, of looking at things from this duality, us versus them. And it's because of an elitist exceptionalism mm. or what I call um, a marrow-olatry or Anglo-olatry or whatever it is. Yeah. It's Bible calls it love of self. And because of this, you tend to separate everything into us versus them. And when you do it on a human stage, you're missing the critical element of the spiritual component. Yeah. And the other thing that we have to remember, I see this over and over again, words of Christ, and I was just reading it in Ephesians 2, is that Christ has called us to a ministry of reconciliation. Mm. Reconciliation is the hallmark of the battle plan that God has with all people. Mm. Now, does that mean that you're going to be able to grab every single one and be and be successful? No. But it does mean that that's what we're about doing. And that when, when we are distracted from the ministry of reconciliation, we're playing on Satan's turf. Right. And, you know, he doesn't care who we're fighting as long as we're fighting each other. That's all he cares. Yeah. And so we don't want to be duped by him. Mm-hmm. Or as other people, or even let our patriotism, or our anger at people, or misplaced uh, um, xenophobia, whatever it is, right. we do not want that to kick in and and take us away our eyes off the prize. Right. And so, um, you know, from a practical standpoint, when it comes to these groups doing these things, again, the question still is, who are they answering to? Right. Who are they working for? Even even on a on a human front. Uh, because to you know that if you become a student of history, and I hope when people read the first volume or two of my book series, they're going to find out what we're spoon-fed and told, not just from our media, but sadly even our pulpits, right. of who, who, who are the boogeymen and who are we to target. Their track record has been terrible hmm. in, in telling us truthfully. And so you said at the beginning of the show that you all have wrestled with reading your Bible for yourself. Sure. And I would say that's something worth wrestling about. Yeah. And if you can find fellow people, hopefully your listeners in this camp too, um, but with your co-host and other people that participate, people who are not carrying water for a third party. Yeah. Uh, if they if they're if they're carrying water for whoever it is, whether it is their denomination, even their nation, mm. you know, whether whether it's Israel or America, whoever it is. If they're doing something else other than just being seekers, um, then they've got an agenda, and you can't really look at them as a reliable source. Yeah. Um, and so looking at the word for answers, it's there. But it's not going to be coincident with what we hear out of our television programs or our pulpits. Right. And so the price is you'll probably be ostracized for asking hard questions that nobody wants to talk about. And at least you'll be in good company. You know, in the major world wars of old, including in the 20th century, um, people that asked those hard questions, people of faith, um, often were targeted. Their patriotism was suspect. They were blacklisted. Uh, some pastors who thought something was rotten about World War One, which later historians, historians know it was, um, some of those guys died in prison. Pastors yeah. froze to death in America. Hmm. Uh, because they were asking questions that were inconvenient. Wow. And so um, I, I would say we have n- nothing of permanent to lose not to do that. Mm-hmm. You may lose your job. You may lose your friends, maybe your freedom. 
But all that stuff's transient anyway. Yeah. So probably talks in circles there, but that's sort of what's rattling in my head. No, it's good. I, th- I think that that's the whole thing is just to, to realize there's one, there is an agenda. Most likely there's an agenda. Two, we need to go back to what God tells us to do. And like you say, mm-hmm. that is to be the peacemaker. That is to be the one that um, has that spirit of reconciliation. And how will some people no, and this goes across the board. We're not just talking about Muslims here. We're talking about anyone that, I guess, may represent something different to us. Um, and Atheists. Yeah, anyone, <laughs> just yeah. like that. You know, whether that's right. a race right. issue. You know, we get that a little bit here, still in South Africa. Whether it's you know people of of different colors, different creeds, different beliefs. Um, what are we doing to show them Jesus? I suppose is my is my question. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, as long as we're building up walls, <laughs> we can't actually have our heart open to one another. And, I mean, just recently there were two stories of um, two different South African. One was a South African family that was working in uh, Kabul. And they'd been there for quite mm-hmm. a number of years. Um, the family started out, uh, I think the father was a pastor. Um, and his name was Werner Grunewald, and um, he was over there with his wife and two children, and um, they were doing quite a lot of work, not missionary work so much, but just working within the people and helping them. Um, I think his wife is a doctor, and so, you know, they were just providing just normal stuff. They weren't necessarily doing Christian Mm -hmm. works, if I can put it that way. Mm -hmm. But um, they just recently got taken out by the Taliban, so that was a big you know, a big story headline probably about two weeks ago now. And um, there was another story of a gentleman by the name of Corky. He and his wife were also over that side. I'm just trying to think where that was now, but it was probably in a similar area. They had been kidnapped, uh, both of them. Um, And on, I guess it was, yeah, it was through a, a... group called Gifts of the Gift of the Givers that his wife was finally released about a year ago but Corky remained um, kidnapped and um, and just recently you know the US Army went in there to rescue someone else they did not realize Corky was there Corky was about to be released the very next day after a year of negotiation mm-hmm. and then got killed and so we've had two big blows now and obviously you have a lot of people that are looking at that and going how can these people (laughs) you know um how can we we have you know a big heart towards uh people that would do something like that but i just thought you know i mean really if you think about it both corky and this other family they went there to be ministers in a way even though they weren't maybe necessarily talking about jesus openly Perhaps they were trying to minister Jesus to those folk that I suppose many mm-hmm. of us would ignore and not want to go anywhere near. And I just thought for me it was an incredible testimony, as as tough it is, as it is to to hear of what has happened to them. I just think, you know what, at the end mm-hmm. of the day, they have a testimony. And the most important part of, of all of this was just how their wives, those who are left behind, because in both cases, just the wife got left behind. And right. both of the wives have, have gone before the media and just said, look, I will not put hatred in my heart for anyone even though this has happened. And I just thought, you know, Lord, this is a huge testimony 
um, actually, even though it's hard. And I think that, that it, it goes back to just that, building bridges and trying to be the peacemaker, trying to reconcile and seeing, you know, instead of kind of building hatred in our hearts, um, trying to actually say, okay, Lord, how, how can I, even though I might have some fear, I might have some kind of concerns, but how can we be peacemakers? How can we show them Jesus as well? Mm-hmm. So I just, I'm very encouraged by what you had mm-hmm. to say there, uh, Doc. I really am. There's about a hundred things that went through my head when you were saying that. And I can't remember all of them because I'm getting too <laughs> old to remember stuff. But, uh, you know, the bottom line is when you become a Christian, Jesus told us this ahead of time. When, when, when you take his yoke upon you and, and you're his, he says you will drink from the cup that he drank, that he right. drank from. Right. If you follow him, if you follow him. Right. Okay. Those people followed him. They did. And because of that, they drank from his cup. And he warned them before they made the consider the tower, you know, the people in the Old New Testament, before you signed on, right. you will drink from this cup. Um, and that there's also great rewards for following him. And also, if you, if you have a long enough perspective, there will be great victories on earth right. from this. There, there are so many wonderful victories that have been done from people who allowed their lives to be poured out as an offering to their enemies. Right. Um, you know, when something uh, at the temple was devoted to the Lord, it actually was shattered. You know, a vase or something valuable, it was broken. Mm. And that was an act of devotion to God. Mm. And, uh, you know, and that's not, that didn't mean to be a suicide bomber. That didn't mean to go hurt. That means to offer your life in service for your enemies. Right. Because the, the Bible's very clear. You know, if you're if you're only in good terms... With people are good to you. Well, even the, even the Gentiles do that, or even the the unreligious do that kind of thing. Right. What distinguishes Christians? You know what distinguishes Christians now, for the most part, is the "thou shalt nots" we tell people, mm-hmm. and our hypocrisy when we tell people they shouldn't be doing this and doing that in things in their in their private life, um, and and wanting to legislate it. When what we need to do more is with the people that you described. Or Jim Elliot, whose love took him to the what Aka Indians, hmm. uh, lost right. lost his life, yeah. right? Similar, right. you know, similar butchery, hmm. you know, and his and and his wife and you know, family members responded by going down and presenting the gospel again and and bringing fruit from hmm. that encounter out of it. Think of think of the people who died in the fires that that wanted to publish the Bible hmm. in the language of the people. William Tyndall and these other guys. And you could stand back in the short term and say, well, what did they accomplish? Right. You know, all they did was just add a few BTUs to the fire, and uh, business went on as usual. Hmm. But we know in hindsight of history that it meant everything. Hmm. You know, Tyndall said, open the king of England's eyes, and you know what? God did open his eyes. Yeah. And the 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 martyred lives of, of Christians have done more to advance the gospel than all of the clever words that have ever been shared. Yeah. All the crusades, everything else. If you look at the critical eras of church history, whether whether it was their sacrifices in ancient Rome, even before the Sanhedrin, thousands were saved when the Sanhedrin drug them. They, they, they put so the apostles to the sword then. Hmm. So it's always been that way. If, if you follow Jesus, you're likely going to get into trouble. Wow, yeah. And he says, he says, yeah, 
that's something else we'll share together through eternity. Hmm. We will have we will have that bond. I recommend all of your listeners get a book that's probably on Amazon or you know, maybe you could go to Voice of the Martyrs website. Get a book by Reverend Wormbrand, the guy that wrote Tortured for Christ. Yes. He did a book called um, Jesus, Friend of Terrorists. And we reviewed that on FutureQuake. If people go to futurequake.com, uh, the last couple of years of shows, we, we go from the top of the list or the, the most recent shows down. So it's not far yeah. from the top. Yeah. There was a show that with a representative there. We talk about it. And it's a message for us Christians yeah. about how large is our love. And I, I would just like to remind people, thinking that these people are beyond redemption. Yeah. Talking about these people that just are brutal and everywhere. That... The Apostle Paul was at the feet, standing watching the brutal killing of the deacon, Stephen. That's right. Watched it, loved every bit of it. He went out killing Christians. Yeah. He went out far and wide terrorizing. He was a terrorist. Hmm. He was a terrorist in every regard. Hmm. And when the timing was right, Jesus got a hold of him and things were totally different. That's right. Yeah. Then the challenge for the church was how do you trust this guy? And it, it took a few key people, like first Ananias and then and then uh, Barnabas and others, mm. to uh, show people that we're going to put our trust in him that he's a changed man. Wow. And so any of this any of this is possible. Yeah. You know, St. Saint, Saint Francis of Assisi, um, he went down to where they were having one of these holy war crusade battles down, I think, in Egypt. And all of the sultan's armies were facing off against the Christian you know the great wonderful Christians with with weapons, yeah. and uh, they had some you know, enormous battlefield lined up, and he, you know he's wearing his burlap and barefoot, mm-hmm. and and he and his followers just marched right through the Christian lines and against all of the pleas of the Christians, they walked right over into the battle lines of the Muslims, mm-hmm. and traipsed straight through, you know, no weapon in hand, and uh, walked right up to the Sultan and said. Uh, I want to preach to you about Jesus. Wow. And what happened was, at the end of it, they were so impressed with his message and also his legitimate piety, they believed he really knew God, Hmm. that they uh, allowed his followers to uh, reopen and manage all of the holy sites in the Holy Land. Wow. Which was the whole reason why the crusade started to begin with. Oh, my. Was access to the Holy Land, and not a single sword... Not a single weapon accomplished anything for that objective. But a man in burlap and barefoot Hmm. that went to talk about Jesus was able to accomplish something on that front. So that's a sobering thought for the rest of us, what we want to do. And, and, you know, what he did was he showed this case in point we have today. Um, Nothing is going to be solved today when we keep talking back and forth about each other. Hmm. Things will only get better when we start talking to each other. Right. So if you're worried about Islamic terrorism, then the best thing you can do is go down and find you uh, uh, mullah or imam, I guess, mm. at a local mosque and, and uh, say, you know, I'm a follower of God. I would like to de- develop a friendship and get to know you better. Mm. And I know maybe a lot of your listeners would just have a heart attack and think that's sort you know, a lot of people I know would. But I tell you, I've made those kind of relationships and they've been very, very fruitful for me. Yeah. And it's been a blessing to me. Yeah. And uh, what happens is your your stigmas that have been put into us by the media and our pulpits immediately get debunked. 
and you start looking at people as human beings. And when you look at people as individual human beings, I do a lot of business. There's a couple Muslim gentlemen that run a business and one of my hobbies. Okay. They're, they're the most reputable men I deal with, wow. of anybody. Wow. Uh, I consider them real, real friends, hmm. and they watch my back, and I watch theirs. And this is the kind of stuff we need to do hmm. if we're really going to be salt and light in this world. Yeah, it's kind of where the rubber meets the road. Hey. Well, I tell you, there will be a spring in your step. You you will find in this negative world and all the clouds hanging over things, yeah. you will find something inspirational when you reach across to someone very different, ignore all of the criticism of your Christian friends, mm-hmm. and you dare to go talk to these different people uh, without a finger pointed at them, but just humbly and, and with, with treating them with dignity and treating their their honest uh, sincere motives mm-hmm. as you would want yours to be treated yeah. and you'll be amazed to see the things God will do and it will change you as a person yeah I can imagine oh doc that was so good to chat to you that was the longest but best 15 minutes I've ever had with you <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was probably like my shortest 15 minutes it usually goes long. Well. it's like the way I write books you know you look up long winded on Wikipedia and there I am <laughs> no, that was so encouraging. And I, I really do hope um, a lot of our listeners, I know that they will be challenged in that. You know, I know that we all do have our areas where we have to work on, and I have them too, so it's not like we're all perfect. But the thing is, this is the gospel. This is what Jesus is teaching us and trying to show us. And I think that, you know, we need that challenge, and we need to kind of look at why we believe what we believe, you know. Look at the fears and go, well, why am I afraid of this? Um, And we will probably find it does boil down to a lot of media hype and a lot of things. I'm not saying that there isn't terrorism happening. It is happening. But we also need to be kind of going, okay, well, why? Why is it happening? What's really going on here? And I think when we start to debunk some of that, just like you have a little bit now, um, you start to see the bigger picture. And it's not just about hatred between one and the other. But often it is incited and there's backing, <laughs> a lot of backing <laughs> from very um, from sources we wouldn't expect. Let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. we, we live in a world of victims. That's right. And sometimes vic- victims strike out in desperation. They strike out in anger. They strike out in hurt. Yeah. And that's the only thing we see. Mm-hmm. We don't see their earlier victimization. Yeah. And we are told by other people to not even regard that. Hmm. Now, Jesus would never say that, but we're told that. Right. And so I think it's time for us to start growing up and acting like mature Christians. And that would be a good New Year's resolution for all of us, me included, hmm. is this next year we're going to try to be a little bit more reckless, maybe worry some of our Christian friends a little bit more about ourselves, <laughs> um, reach out and talk to forbidden people. Right. Uh Listen to them. Don't criticize them the first time we hear. Not, you know, maybe try to tamp down our reputation as being the thou shalt not gang that shows up and is a downer to every group we hang out with. It maybe leave God something to do in that front because, you know, the Holy Spirit's pretty good at at addressing those kind of issues. Sure. Um, And, you know, the the prototype is is Jesus when when he ran into Zacchaeus, who, who was the class of people most hated in his society. Yeah. that no one would deal with, 
And when he asked if he could go to his house, as far as we know, he didn't say anything of condemnation to Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus already knew that he was condemned. And Zacchaeus, when he saw the wonderfulness and the love of Jesus, volunteered to make it right with the people he'd been with and his actions. And Jesus, all Jesus said was salvation has come to this house today. Right. Wow. Some good, uh, very good things to think about. And a great challenge, Doc. <laughs> and I'd expect nothing less from you, to be honest. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I guess I'll burrow back into my hole then. That's right. Your cold hole. <laughs> yeah, I live, I live like Gollum. I just sit there and stare <laughs> at the, the laptop, type my screed. As long as, Pyrus, be, as long as Pyro is yeah. keeping you company, that's great. <laughs> he lo- he loves the situation because he, he herds me to the one chair he allows me to sit in. Oh, really? And so it's like we're Siamese twins. He's permanently attached to me right now. Yeah, he and I are just growing old together. Oh, my. <laughs> and uh, we wouldn't have it any other way, so we're doing just fine. Pyro sends his regards. Oh, and good. uh <laughs> Mr. Bionic, he is thriving in every way. Oh, that's good. And uh, just growing in, in every aspect. Yeah. And uh, the rest of the gang from around here, too. And the Lord's blessed me with some good friends. I learned from Future Quake and others. You know, many of those folk are still attend our church locally. Oh, that's amazing. And uh, so, um, but you know, friends like you and your co-host uh-huh. and the listeners out there, this is a special thing. Oh, this is really, really special, yeah. and we should never take it for granted. We need to thank God for the Internet. We need to thank God for this opportunity. How would we have ever met yeah, without exactly. the days we're living in? For, for all of the bad stuff that we could talk about that's going on in the future, think about all the good things that are happening now. Absolutely. It's true. And uh, all of us to know and share prayer requests with each other and to learn from each other to be shocked by each other and inspired. Yeah. Um, this this is a golden age we're in right now. Yeah. And uh, we just need to make the most of it and just just grab the moment and shake it for all it's worth. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, Doc, thanks so much. Thanks so much for coming to join us. And I hope we do it again sooner than a year. And... Um, and I just want to encourage you well, to keep going with everything you're doing because I'm really looking forward to the day when I will be able to read your book, at least one of them. Well, we'll, we'll see after you read it. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I, I think I've already had a few people that got a little glimpse of what I'm working on, and uh-huh. uh, I don't hear from them anymore. So, oh, really? <laughs> uh, yeah, you might want to think twice. I won't, I won't be surprised to see some of these shows uh, erased from the record of, uh, the Flint uh, show, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, we'll we'll see when that happens. But uh, <laughs> you know, you just gotta you just gotta be out there and just go for it. That's that's what I say in life, and and that's what the the Lord typified. And I want to encourage all you listening out there: write, tell people what you believe, yeah. get get your thoughts out there, learn from other people, take your lumps, don't take it personal, yeah. keep moving forward. Don't don't let these jokers on TV and the national media, national ministries, let them dominate the discussion and debate. Those guys are paid for. They're not even well read. Right. So, get get your listeners out there along with yourself and others. Let's let's us start framing the debate rather than these other people. Right. So thank you, Doc. And um... thank you. I love all of you all out there, even <laughs> yeah. y'all that hate me. 
<laughs> if I can, after I said this, I have to. I'm very obligated to tell you I love you, even though you hate me. But thanks, everybody out there. We might as well love each other. And we got that better to do. Well, we love you too, Doc. And um, thanks okay. so much. Thank it's you. It's been a great. Thank you, blessing. sister. God bless. She's getting ready for forever. We're getting ready for the day. She's making peace with her creator. And we're fighting amongst ourselves. Can I be someone? Can I be someone better? Can she be the one that's on our minds?
imagine, imagine that. That'd be so psychedelic. <laughs> we could call him Harry. I think we Prince. Could, we should call Prince. Him Harry we'll just call him Prince Harry. Everyone. Prince for short. Oh, that's fine. The artist no, no, formerly no, known as no. Prince. <laughs> <laughs> we could say we could call him the artist formerly known as, Sim- and then we just leave it. There. And formerly known as Symbol. Symbol, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. That, that symbol came from uh, Dr. John D. <laughs> Oy vey. So what does it mean? Oy vey. It did. Well, it did. <laughs> yeah. And that, we know what he was about. So was it? what does it mean? Like, didn't he say it meant love? Didn't he say it was love symbol? Uh, yeah, something like that. It, it, it's a, it's a, it's a mixture, really, of all the different uh, planetary uh, symbols. Right. So it has an astrological meaning of like a conjunction. Right. Okay. Of all of all of them lined up. Right. Which is a kind of a weird idea by itself. Yeah. Hello, yes, I was going to say, do you guys know uh, something interesting about Prince? Mm-hmm. He's, uh, I speak on a correction, I must check if it was him or Michael Jackson, but I'm pretty sure it was Prince. His hobby is collecting Bibles. Oh, yeah, I think he is. Wow. Right. Yeah, he's got, he's got uh, apparently one of the biggest collections of Bibles wow. that you can get, kind of wow. thing. A Bible collector. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think you're right. I think it is Prince. The Prince, uh, there, there's a side to him that is bad, but it, but he keeps wanting to mix it with the other side. That's mm. a mm. long take. But, uh, uh, but yeah, there, there's part of him that, that, that kind of wants to do something right. Maybe one of these days he'll get it right. Well, if he's got all those Bibles, there's every chance he will. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there is that chance. I mean, he he does read it too. He's got. Some I want to steal his little red Corvette. Little red Corvette. I want a Corvette. I just thought I'd mention that. <laughs> but not a ro- see, But not a Raspberry Beret. Car got my interest. I thought that actually sounds pretty cool. Yes, but Audi, that's so stuff. commercial. You're better off having an AMC Pacer. Uh-uh. <laughs> what is that? Look it up. Is that? <laughs> Google Seriously. it. Seriously. It sounds like something that you put on your heart when it's going funny. <laughs> oh, that's a I had a cougar with a 351. Uh, Way. Oh, well, that was, uh, that was uh, quite an engine there. Real sweet. Mercury. <laughs> I'm going to buy me. Oh, yeah. uh, what was that song? Um, Mercury Blue. Gonna buy me a Chrissy, did you have, did you have coffee already? Because I might have to go and get some now. I've got I, my coffee right. After and the I'm Steve Miller it. song too. Yep, Water yep. is just not doing it for me anymore. Okay, so oh, Audi, your suggestion for the show then? Uh, I've thrown one out. Your turn. Um, well, I would love to talk about nail polish. Actually, I'm not surprised. Uh, I'm not sure that we'd be able to respond in kind, but we'll struggle through it. Uh, yeah, but we could we could change the, the topic to car polish. Ah, yes. <laughs> All right. We could just switch it on her. Yes. But then she'll sneak in politics, Cruise, and then we'll all be flattened. And the, yeah, the, then we'll switch it to politics of cars. Hey, see, you're good at this. She, I, I don't know she why. Can't, she can't win. This is great. I like it. Chief, mate, what do you want to do tonight? The same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, was I supposed to say something? 
In this next segment, I'm talking to David Strader from End Times Deception and Frank Johnson from the Ancient Aliens Debunked blog. Now, this discussion is rather ad hoc, and you will hear that we caught David rather off guard, and um, many of the topics that we discussed were were rather personal, so it's very heavily edited, and so I just put it together for a bit of fun um, to share it with you, and uh, so I hope you can see it for what it is, and I hope you enjoy it. So here we go with David and Frank. G'day David, how are you mate? I'm good. Yourself? I'm doing good. Um, G'day Frank, hello again mate. G'day. I just wanted to say really, uh, I um, really wanted to put this together for Cruzy because Cruzy was dead keen to have both Frank and David on a recording and so uh, really uh, this one's for you Cruzy. I've actually got Batman and Chuck Norris on the one recording. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Who's who? So what's what, what, <laughs> what, what's happening, David? What are you up to? We caught you in the middle of hooking into a ham sandwich. Not ham, a uh, little snack in there. Yeah, actually, I didn't finish you. You got you got me too quick here. I wasn't done. Uh, okay. Well, thanks for thanks for coming on, mate. Just to let people know, um, um, David uh, is a former podcaster. And I'm hoping um, someday in the future, David, will get back into the podcast. What was your show called, David? In Time Deception, the same as uh, the group. That's right. So David's group is on Facebook, and it's called End Time Deception. And you, in your End Times Deception podcast show, you had an uh, had an Aussie co-host, didn't you? Yes, I did. Uh, Jason Street. He was from Melbourne. That's right, and I remember I used to listen to that, and uh, it's a shame that one finished up, but I'm hoping you might get back into it. Uh, even the part about the sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to confess, I have to confess, I threw that in intentionally, David, because I know you, you and Frank like to have a bit of a laugh, so. That, that ought to be good radio. <laughs> hey, well, since we're on the sandwich, what kind was it? I'm not telling. Oh. <laughs> Oh, it wasn't quiche. Uh, oh, nice. Real men don't eat quiche. It wasn't a quiche sandwich. But um, wherever you two go together, there's all, always something going on on Facebook. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, cut this out too. All right. It was baloney, so you were you were kind of close. <laughs> oh, come on, let me leave that in. Fake, come on, fake ham. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, we call it different things. Depends what state you're in in Australia. But uh, I know that you guys call it bologna. But uh, in uh, in South Australia, they'll call it fritz. Uh, and in uh, other states, they'll call it luncheon or luncheon mm. meat, you know. Um, <laughs> I used to love eating that. Why do they call it fritz? The guys named Fritz probably don't care for that too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just know that uh, South Aussies, when they come up here, they talk about Fritz and you say, no, mate, you're looking for luncheon, you know, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, your your comments, uh, Frank Johnson. You know, I was going to say it doesn't surprise me that it's baloney. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Everything else is, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> That's so much. We see so much of it all the time. You must just love it. <laughs> Well, I do know that you do. You you're, you're also a debunker, David. You 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 enjoy that as well. Try to be. Um, 
Yeah, and it's not it's not a bad thing. Like I I noticed you, Cliff, Frank, uh, that's Cliff Garner, our, uh, my co-host. You do try to reveal the truth about things that uh, that may cause people to swerve onto a path that's no good for them, and um, I do appreciate that. But I also appreciate the humour that goes with it. Uh, and that's not mocking people. That's not that thing. But that sense of humour that you guys have all got that go with it. Um, I always get a giggle out of uh, out of that as well. You know, what is the idea behind your end times deception? Well, actually, it was the podcast, but now the group. What's the main focus? Is is it that like um, uncovering deception? When we started that, uh, the old podcast. We had a uh, criteria we had typed out, and we would try to stick to certain things that had to do with, uh, say, the Olivet Discourse, uh, parts of the end time, like uh, Knowledge Would Increase, uh, Love Waxes Cold, things like that. And if we saw uh, current events that may have had something to do like that, some breakthrough in technology, we could apply that to Knowledge Would Increase. I know some people don't. Uh, see that verse is meaning that you know people get different translations right and so that 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 was the the basis of it but but um in your facebook group it's sort of broadened a bit now too hasn't it the the focus it has uh, we got cat pictures now <laughs> so we've upped our game there you know yeah well <laughs> we've got cat pictures now in our group as well that must be what brought cruzy into the group is the, all the cat pictures he does love his cats. I just posted one earlier for him that had a green cat. Did you happen <laughs> to see that? I see it right now. <laughs> okay. What do you think of that? Yeah, I like that. that yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I thought I was yeah, going I was... to get comments about um, the genome tampering. You know, they had the uh, glow-in-the-dark pigs. Oh, yeah, they had the green pigs. Yeah. I, I thought I'd get Someone some was making a huge deal of it. Yeah, but it was a cat that was just laying down in some paint. That's where it was, oh, okay. it was bedding down in some old paint or something, and and it was getting darker and darker. It looks photoshopped, but I mean that makes this. So he was just laying down in it, huh? Well, that's what the story claimed. Oh, okay. But uh, you know, anything can be a photoshop. Do we really trust anything we yeah. see on the internet? I I rarely do. <laughs> I saw actually a book a while back about. Why paint cats is the name of it, and it's they use some sort of like non-toxic paint, and they paint all these designs on cats. Anyway, I painted one with a spray paint back when I was about six or seven years old, and uh, my aunt, who's just a few months older than me, was an accomplice in that. One of us held the cat down. I think she might have held it down, and I spray painted it, <laughs> and uh, we painted it red. And the reason for that was uh, we didn't have green. <laughs> this is a true story. Well, I remember my wife was telling me that uh, her auntie used to tell them that at Easter, Easter time, the the chickens we call them chooks, but the chooks lay coloured eggs. And uh, they said that when you get up in the morning, they'll all you know all the chooks will have laid coloured eggs. And she found out later uh, as an adult, her mum said to her auntie. Well, now you've told the kids that they're going to have coloured eggs. You better get some eggs. So they boiled the eggs and they painted them and threw them out in their hen house. And the kids got up in the morning and went out the back and found that the chooks indeed lay coloured eggs at Easter time. So there's one that you can actually debunk as well. 
I, I think you should. I enjoyed your show. Um, and you should try and get the MP3s back up on the internet somewhere. Yeah, I'm going to, uh, I started working on it yesterday. I'm reducing the old shows to a smaller file size and I've made a banner form based on the timeline cover for the group. And it's just going to be that with the web address in the background. Good. And I was going to, I got rid of all the junk off of my YouTube channel mm-hmm. and I was going to devote it to just good stuff, you know. Yeah. But, uh. Right. I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. We didn't offend anybody, but we had some dead air and, you know. Cool. Some of the stuff was stupid we said. I did, That's anyway. Cool. I'm not saying you guys said anything <laughs> stupid, but. I don't uh, know. I think I, I said my fair share of stupid stuff. Alrighty, mate. I'm gonna go and have a Vegemite sandwich. I, I wish I, I do wish I'd have had the pizza instead of the sandwich now. <laughs> I had leftover pizza. Yeah. You can have that tomorrow. <laughs> okay. I'll catch you later. All right. God bless. See you, David. Bye-bye, mate. Bye. Ta-da. Do you reckon, do you reckon Hendrix was knowingly into the occult? Uh, I think certain aspects of it, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think he was interested in... I think he was kind of superficially interested in it. I've, I've heard some different, differing views on him. One of them was he was just an innocent guy who who did well, you know, come good. Uh, um, and then I've heard other ones where he's like this high priest of Satanism. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, he yeah he, he wasn't all that deep in the voodoo thing. Right. I and mean, he 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 picked up some of the trappings of it. And uh, I think there were certain aspects of the occult that he did find interesting, you know, especially when it came to, uh, you know, uh, uh, psychedelic drugs and stuff. Absolutely, yeah. And, well, the, he did that one song on uh, Acts as Bold as Love. In fact, that whole album was probably the most occultic thing he did. Right. And what was that first song on there? It's a really good tune. It's just kind of <laughs> a little thing with him and his wah. Yep. Yeah, I just want to talk to you. You know, it talks about giants and all that. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, oh. Really, uh, really interesting lyrics in there. Um, what I heard, the story I heard, just to relate, so you get the picture where I'm coming from, the one I heard was that when he first started playing in clubs, you know how he's a lefty, right? You know, played yeah. the lefty. He actually yeah. did have a very good left-handed axe. And he was oh, yeah. so he was so naive that he got this gig in this club and he went there and they set up and did their sound check and all of that. And they said that he was so innocent and naive that um, he left his gear there and his first lefty got stolen, right? Right. And from then on, yeah. he just... Rest- he, so he restrung a righty. Um, well, actually, right. he, he didn't... Hang on. He didn't restring him, did he? He just played it up... Anyway. No, no, he played it upside down. Yeah, he just played it upside down and then from then on, he just played it upside down and never went back to a lefty. And in that, the person was kind of relaying, and I picked up that he he, he was just an innocent young lad who could play a guitar. He came well, and, you know, he did well and good on him. Not, and, and like I say, the contrast is, oh, no, he's like this son of Satan, and he was out to, you know, <laughs> preach this gospel of Satanism to young people. Yeah, so there's this, you know, there's these two divergences. Views, but anyway, how do we get well? To that? Well, the thing <laughs> is, is that, uh, that, 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 that when you talk about musicians and uh, their the potential for uh, really getting into people's heads, yeah, uh, yeah. that does kind of up their responsibility a bit. 
See, see I was really into Morrison and, and, uh, right. and all the theory stuff that he was talking about. I was really into that. Mm. And, and, you know, there, there's a lot of point to it, you know. I mean, he was talking about shamanism and now uh, spontaneous, uh, spontaneous acts on stage, uh, you know, can very deeply affect people. Yeah. And, and, and I think you can demonstrate that. Uh, he passed a lot of his, his knowledge on to Alice Cooper. Oh, uh, I didn't they know that. Buddies. They were drinking buddies. Right. He doesn't talk about it too much. Mm. Uh, but, but he did he did sit there and they would talk about, you know, Dionysian and the Apollonian type of uh, artistry and, uh, <laughs> and the role of the shaman and uh, uh, how blues as a spontaneous art form really kind of go, plays into that, you know. See, I, I, uh, I tend to think, if you want to talk about Morrison himself, I tend to see uh, view him in a different light to Hendrix. I, I tend to look at him as a either an intentionalist, like he's intentionally into it, or he's a no, no. This is going to sound weird. Or he is a plant, some sort of a COINTELPRO, counterintelligence propaganda plant, and he was given all his stuff. You know, like he's given the message to put out there. That's how I actually see him. There's a, there's been people make a really good case on that with Morrison. Mm. But look at uh, look at Hendrix too. I mean, he came out of paratroopers. And uh, they did a lot of de- a lot of experimentation on those boys. Okay, okay, I didn't know and, that. Uh, oh. and, and Hendrix, Hendrix was a very spontaneous person. Yeah. Now you know I, I'm not going to say that he necessarily planned you know like lighting his guitar on fire. Yeah. But you, you know you think about it, there there has been, uh, particularly with uh, rock and roll and how it went in the '60s with the drugs. Yeah. There has been an increasing deconstruction of music, and it started with destroying their instruments. You know, because yeah. you know, up until that point, you know, you, you really had a, a very uh, a modernistic uh, kind of a neat modernism as a kind of a philosophy that embodied everything. And you know, and the, that, that's where you got all the people that you know were the atheists and the communists and stuff that were kind of running the thing. You know. <laughs> That that they were they were just fine, but the drugs came and it just knocked everything down. So um, groups like the Who and Jimi Hendrix and others that I couldn't think of were running counter to that. Okay, because you know the story goes, the Who drove themselves into financial ruin by destroying all their gear after ham- sure. whatever shows. Uh, A lot of bands would break through guitars and stuff. They, yeah, they, well, they, they smashed got- drum kits and everything, didn't they? They just destroyed everything. Oh, yeah. Uh, like how Arkansas used to have uh, have hmm. the two lead guitar players, and they would uh, they would smash two uh, two hollow bodies together. Whoa! Yeah, but but they were doing is they're going out buying cheap ones. Uh, yeah, yeah, for, yeah. For that light, uh, but, yeah. but they didn't at first. When they first started off, they thought they'd get away with it, and it's yeah. like, hey, this costs a lot of money. <laughs> Next guest is uh, well known to listeners of the original Future Quake show. Uh, he is uh, the host of the Ironing Board show. You know that I'm talking about Johnny. And uh, so, um, welcome to the Flint- Flintstones radio show, 
John McMahon. How are you, Johnny? What's up? What's up? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the ironing board show. Hey, I'll take it. I've been waiting, I'll take it. I've been waiting to say that one for a while, John. Um, <laughs> how, how are you? You know, I had a... Go on. Oh, good. I'm doing good. I'm working, actually, right now. I'm on the waterfront, living up to my title, Longshoreman Johnny. Right. And uh, so, yeah, I'm down here at Terminal 5. I'm driving the train tonight, but I'm on standby. Okay. Sitting in my car. So, uh, yeah, we're going to do this uh, live from the waterfront here tonight. I'm really glad we got hold of you. Uh, and it's even better that you're in your uh, um, waterfront location. So, um, what have you been up to, um, just tell us and uh, our listeners what you've been up to. Well, um, I've actually been on hiatus for about, oh, six months now. Today is the 21st. It's my target day. This is six months with no teeth. Right. I right. have a terrible time talking, have a brutal list. But, yeah, I've been away. I've been Matthew Miller, good friend of mine, has been hosting the Iron Show. I uh, did a session with Rabbi Mike here a couple nights ago right. about Christmas. And uh, so, but, I, you know, I, he did most of the talking, but, yeah, so I get my teeth here in a, in a couple months, so um, I'm ready to get them now. My teeth, my jawbone has stopped growing and moving, so I'm re- actually ready today. This is my six-month anniversary. Oh, I just great. hit the target date. So I'll be back in action in 2015, baby. Oh, man, that's good news. Yeah, look, I know it's been a rough year for you, and um, you have had some um, great people stand in for you. And uh, but I, I just really wanted to ask you, you know, um, it, it can't have been good, eh, um, Johnny? It must have been a rough time, hey, sitting there and having to pass the microphone over. Because um, if you like me, I know you like to talk a bit, mate. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, you know what? I I really I thought I was convinced that I was of no value uh, until no. I, until I tried to get somebody to replace me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> Nobody seems to have the wit, or the, uh, or, the uh, or the loudness, or the uh, or the uh, the fireworks, or and not only that, but I'm so pretty that it's just hard to find the right standing. <laughs> you, you, you beat me to it. I was going to say, yeah, you're a good-looking bloke, Johnny. Um, the other thing is, <laughs> the other thing I was going to say to you um, is that. Um, I mentioned I wanted you to, uh, when I asked you to come on the show, obviously uh, I, I didn't know you were going to end up on the waterfront. I mean, that's better. I like the atmosphere. You can actually hear that you're not home in your studio. But do you remember I asked you, I wanted you to play some really loud guitar licks or something, and also that's not going to happen because you're also <laughs> injured as well in that area. Yeah, I broke my hand here on the waterfront about wow. about wow. three weeks ago so, or two weeks ago. Man, you're so, in the wars. Uh, it's rough. I'm working with a broken arm, baby. <laughs> Man's got to earn That's a dollar. <laughs> hey, we're tough up here in Portland, you know. I know. You know. <laughs> um, so, so what? What time is it over there? Like, uh, I'm talking to you at uh, quarter past three in the afternoon here. So, I think you're the previous evening. It's a quarter past nine here on the west coast, <laughs> of the United States. <laughs> All right. All righty. You heard it here first. <laughs> In the evening, no less. In the evening. <laughs> yes. All right. All right. Well, we've got the time because I know you're on call. Um, what are you looking forward to in 2015? What can we expect from the Iron Show and what can we expect from Johnny? Well, um, 
we got we got we got Matthew Miller back, and okay. he was lost for some time. Uh, yeah. He his life fell into oblivion, and then he got he made it big on the Bakken oil fields there in South Dakota, South Dakota, right? Or North North Dakota there. Uh, so he is back in action. He's making more money than me now. So <laughs> it used to be I used to be taking care of him, but <laughs> now he's taking care of me, and so. Rabbi Mike and Matthew Miller and I are going to do a whole lot of heavy-duty, deep, groundbreaking Bible studies right, on the Iron Show. Right, and and and, uh, and, and sort of like um, the Christmas one because I thought that was a good good time of year to tackle that one, especially defending Christmas, Johnny, because you know Christmas is under attack. Oh yeah, yeah, Christmas is under attack, and it's the only time of the year that the heathen will consider stepping foot into a church. Right. Dark, dark the hallway yeah. of a church. Yeah, and, and uh, I suppose you're thinking, like many of us, it's a good time to get get unbelievers into the church because then we can they can hear the story of Jesus, right? Oh, yeah, and then the message of the gospel. And not only that, but they, these heathen that walk into the church, number mm. one, mm. they got God, they got Jesus in their heart already, which is where you know we need them to be. And they're probably... Um, they're probably suffering emotionally and stuff. Uh, people don't come to Jesus usually in, in good spirits. They're usually at the bottom of the barrel, you know. They're usually down in the pit looking up, wondering if they can go any further, you know. Well, I've I mean, got, got to agree with that because I know I definitely was, man. I, I was at the one of the lowest lows of my life, so um, that's actually true for me. Telling you, baby, me too. It's the only way you could get me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> only yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to come because I have this inner righteous spirit that needs to be satisfied. That ain't going to happen, baby. Right, right on, right on. Uh, many of us are like that. I think it's part of the human condition. You know, we think we've got it all. We've got it all made. So for 2015, some heavy-duty shows with uh, Matthew Miller, uh, Rabbi Mike. Uh, any other projects in mind? Well, Dr. Future is going ah, to be a host yes. of Iron Show on his own. and. Oh, cool. uh it's going to be uh, Future Quake three zero one. Now, is that Future a scoop? Quake. Is that scoop news for us? Is that a scoop? <laughs> yes, that is scoop news. All right, I always want a scoop. Yep, there's a little scoop for you, baby, and it's going to be uh, with Future Quake music and everything. Oh, cool! So, uh, like the sound of that. I look forward to that. Yeah, by the way, you don't sound too bad. You sound good. Um, if today's the six month anniversary, it must have been a long road, but you actually sound very good. Yeah, I got a pretty bad lisp on my S's and uh, my, my my THs and yeah, but I'm learning. I'm doing it better. I'll never be able to talk without teeth, but I'm doing better than I was. Tell you that much. I was I was mumbling the first few months. It was oh, just yeah. garble. It must have so, been so. Yeah, 2014 was huge for me. Uh, yeah. uh, you couldn't believe the things that happened in 2014. Yeah. And I want to talk about that just a tiny bit. Yeah. The year in review for Johnny? Yeah. Well, it started out, I met my longtime five-year-long co-host, Richard White, Rick from The Iron Show. Right. Uh, uh, for the first time in the flesh in oh. February. Went right. down to San Diego, spent a week with him, hung out, and then we went to a conference with... Uh, uh, Gons and Basil, Canary Cry Radio, and awesome. I met Pastor Lynn, and I met Rob Skiba, hung out with Rob Skiba, gave him all the money in my wallet, because God beat up and made me do it, so it's like wasn't my choice. And uh, it was pretty heavy, it was a really heavy session. I got back, and as soon as I got back, oh, about a month later, Peter Goodgame gets hold of me, 
on my cell phone. He goes, dude, man. He goes, I'm visiting my folks in California, you know, because Pete lives in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. So me and Peter Goodgame, we, uh, he says, Johnny, this is time to do our, we promised to do a pilgrimage to Bethel Church one day. And it's now it's time. And so you drive, you know, I'm on the West Coast. Oregon is uh, two it's the state above California. Right, right. And, uh, so you just drive down the West Coast and, uh, yeah, went down into uh, Redding, California to Bethel Church. I met Peter Goodgame there. He put me up in a big fancy hotel, and me and Pete hung out there for two days. Nice. It was huge. It was huge. And uh, me and Cruzy, that's the, for those of you who don't know, Bethel Church is the signs and wonders capital of the world. So um, me and Cruzy got to go back and forth on that. It was good fun. Me and Cruzy got into some good battles yep. on that. Yeah. Uh, I'm telling you what, man, Cruzy's my boy. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anybody ever sees us uh, arguing. We're backstage, you know, hugging. <laughs> you know, you don't see that part. But he's my boy. So me and Cruzy got a lot closer this year. And uh, that, that was a big deal for me because I like Cruzy. Cruzy is really deadly serious about cricket, man. If you want to get him going, say something about... Um... I don't know, Australian cricketers say something positive and then wham, out he comes. <laughs> well, you'd have to explain that to me along with Greek because that's all Greek to me. Uh, and we play football in America. That's right. Real football. Real football. <laughs> now, we don't know nothing about no cricket. Cricket's wood chirping in the backyard in the summer. <laughs> well, okay, so anything else from 2014? Yeah, well, the so I got all my teeth pulled out. And yeah. then, like, so they made bad teeth for me. So the insurance company wouldn't get me new ones. Uh. So there's 5000 bucks I don't have. Right. And so I'm like, I'll never speak again or chew my or chew my dinner. And Gons and Basil and Nat from Canary Cry Radio and Natalina from Extraordinary Intelligence yep. uh, against my against my best against my wishes yeah. put together a big fundraising campaign and telethon for me. Oh, and wow. by God, they I'm telling you what, I had 5000 bucks in my PayPal account within two weeks. Oh, man, isn't that fantastic? God bless them. God bless them. I'm telling you, these guys are the best friends a guy could have. And oh, yeah. I'm telling you, bless me, God was really, yeah. he came in and answered that like right now. So I've seen really huge things uh, this year. It's been an incredible year. So then uh, I, I almost died, too, in my trailer. That was huge. I accident. I was working on a project and I accidentally cut myself. Uh, cut a big artery and I was bleeding out fat. Oh. It was so low that I thought, you know what? Maybe I'll just, maybe I'll just go ahead and let it happen because right. minutes and then I don't have to worry about anything anymore, right? But then I looked up and I saw this poster of me singing on stage because I used to be a front man. Yep. Um, famous on the west coast in the 80s in the early 80s and i saw that picture and i i went hey maybe that's my problem maybe everything is i started going back to this flashback of my life and i uh, came to the conclusion that things started going wrong as soon as i stepped off the stage so i thought you know what maybe i need to get back on the stage and i ran to the bathroom and there was a tube of super glue and i glued myself back together <laughs> battlefield <laughs> Battlefield style. Then spending about about two hours mopping up the blood on my trailer floor. It was radical, dude. Unbelievable. And, uh, and then my bandmates, after 30 years, they all of a sudden move back into the area and get hold of me. Oh. Say, we got unfinished business. 
And um, so, and then the, uh, an old drummer friend of mine who's like the best drummer in the universe, he hadn't even been playing his drums in 10 years. I said, hey, what do you think about maybe doing a project? He's like, no way. He goes, my, he goes, my drums have been in the closet for 10 years. I go, okay, man. He calls me back a week later. He says, dude, I got my drums all set up. I got the studio set up, dude. We're ready to record. Ready to record. Let's go. I'm like, what? And all my other bandmates are ready to record. So we completely built a, a, a modern recording studio in the drummer's basement. Awesome. So we began on the album this year in 2015 the unfinished uh, songs of avant-garde oh, awesome. and then page maybe later this year too so i mean it's been huge this year's been huge it has but it really has but the, the biggest thing really is the you know when i was in 2007 the first future quake i ever heard i i was like i was in really bad shape and i you know i just i asked god i go if you can do what dr future and Tom Bionic has done for me tonight, you know, it really changed my life. That's where it all began for me in 2007. You know, if I could do something like that and make a difference the way they made a difference for me, everything would be worth it. And that happened this year. This guy was in a really bad way. He was coming down off some serious dope, and the Iron Show saved his life. So it all came back around, and that's the biggest thing for the last year. That that's so. awesome news because that does. I mean, I'm sure that's the reason most of us are doing this, um, because we want to um, touch people's lives. Uh, we want to be uh, co-workers with God. We want to work with Him and 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 get the message out. And and I guess like you, Johnny, you know, um, a lot of us also want to entertain and have a bit of fun. But the truth is, we do want to reach people, and that really is an awesome story. And we do have people that have inspired us that have gone before us. Um, uh, obviously, people in the Bible, you know, uh, Jesus, obviously, but you know, uh, Paul and Peter, and then you got the modern day ones that um, that a lot of us have followed in the footsteps of, like Doctor Future and others. So um, that is that is a top story. If some, if you can reach just that one person, and you know that you've done that, doesn't it make you feel it, it's been all worthwhile? Even all that drama and strife you've had this year, and a lot of that's been battlefield damage. You know, it's been the old body. I'm not really sure about your uh, emotional state, but I, I can imagine it would have affected it a lot. But once you get something like that and you hear of someone, you know, coming to the Lord or, you know, or getting off the drugs or whatever through you, that makes it all worthwhile. And, um, you know, I'm not saying you want to get banged up again, but you got banged up, man. But, you know, you've also helped someone that's got to inspire you, inspire you never to lay down in that trailer and say, take me, doesn't it? it you, you're going to get up off the floor fighting oh yeah i mean that's the whole reason it's the whole reason we even really exist right on is to lead each other to the lord i mean that's i mean you think about it why why was i even born you know and, right. and what what in this whole miserable life's going to give it any kind of meaning any kind of meaning at all and that is to take care of each other and right. to uh and to uh, end up dragging people to heaven with you and there is no other higher calling Right in this on. life, so right. you can't you can't lose. Uh, tell you, I can't lose now. That's right, and and I'm thinking, you know, it's the things that are eternal that we've all got to be looking at. The eternal things, uh, you know, we're, a lot of us are in dramas and strife. Um, as you know, Johnny, uh, about five years ago, I ended up in a wheelchair, 
and uh, it's not it's not what I'm going to be like uh, forever. Uh, whenever when Jesus returns or I go to that side, I pop my clogs and I go to that side. That wheelchair is going to be something just a distant memory. Probably won't even consider it. And it's the things that are eternal that we've all got to start focusing on. And and it's the eternity of uh, people's either salvation or can I say it, their eternal damnation that we should all be concerned about. And that doesn't mean to say we can't have a bit of fun along the way. You know what I mean? We can't entertain people, have a bit of fun, but really that's what we should be focusing on. And I'm really, really glad to hear you say that because um, you, out of all people, are one guy who knows how to to have a lot of fun. I've seen that video uh, on Facebook, if you don't mind me talking about it. Um, You know, are you on that skateboard? <laughs> oh yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, yeah. One, my bass player Lindsey from the Avant Garde. Yeah, yeah. He was the first bandmate to contact me. Well, he's, he's, you know, he was my skateboarding buddy in the seventies. Right. And he got me back into skateboarding. I'm gonna tell you what, that that run I took there. Well, yeah. when you get up around thirty miles an hour and you start getting the wobbles, I mean, you get real close to Jesus. You're real close. That's that's what I was getting at. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, there is you and Jesus, and yeah. you know, hey, there's, everything melts away. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's another huge thing for the year. But yeah, I haven't got I I've got nothing to complain about compared to you. I mean, and there's other people that got it worse than you too. Oh, man, but no, you're I'm, right. I mean, we gotta yep. we gotta put our sights on eternity because yes. I'm telling you, you know, even if you have a really good life here and you're rich and everything, sure. Uh, you know, it's not going to last for very long. That's right. It's over fast. Yeah. And even if you're rich and everything, you know, pretty soon you're going to start getting old and weak yep. and limp and everything else that goes wrong. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's a, you know, what, what did the famous poet say? Life is like a pipe full of tobacco and destiny wipes us out like ashes. <laughs> I love the accent. Um, I was going to say... You, 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 you're making a good point. Um, but, you know, we're, we're talking about focus on eternal things, but um, um, uh, even if uh, positive things that are eternal, even if you are rich, you got it made, you got all your health and all of that, even now it's still time to start looking at, at, at eternity because it starts today for all of us. And uh, uh, it's not just the negative things that will draw us to God. It's not just those... Uh, hard times and all of that although like we said before that's what really got to me uh, when i was uh you know at my uh, deepest darkest point but um even if you are doing okay really it's time to start looking at things of eternity because um you know we're just like ash in the pipe and it's we're going to get blown away eventually aren't we oh yeah it's i mean we're like we're like you know the grass of the field we're here sure. one day we bloom sure. And we're dead and trampled yeah. underfoot. Yeah. And really, I mean, eternity compared to, you know, compared to this life is That's there's right. absolutely no comparison. That's I right. mean, you will look back at this life and probably wish you would have had it even worse. So it would have made you more humble, yep. you know, to where you would have gotten more done, yep. you know, while you were here. Yep. So, uh, yeah, you got to do what you can. And one thing I'd like to say before I bail, I know we're getting short on time, sure. but one thing I'd like to say is, yeah, you know, you got to figure out what you, what God, what God bless you with, what your talents are, what your personality is, right. and then figure it out a ministry for that. Right. And I'm telling you, I mean, I got me on the Iron Show, and we're and and you, and we're reaching out to hundreds and thousands of people, right. you know. But we're no more 
significant in the kingdom than the guy who's sweeping the floor in the church after services on Sunday night. You know, I mean, if that's what your calling is, you're a better man than I am, probably. So find out what you're good at, it, even if it's sweeping floors, and go do it. And that's my my final statement here. All righty, all righty. Okay, John. <laughs> Johnny, thanks for coming on. Um, I've, I've wanted to have you on for a long time. Uh, and like I say, I know you're at work, and, and I'm just so glad that this could happen, especially this close to Christmas. So thanks for coming on to the show, and uh, all, the ba- all the best for 2015. And what's that website? Ironshow.com. Oh, yeah, the, baby. <laughs> Theironshow.com. .com. <laughs> also available on Fringe Radio Network slash category slash iron. Oh, go. yeah, I had to put that in there. You can't leave without giving out the web address. I'm sorry, man. I'm just I, like, I wouldn't have. Who am I? <laughs> Where, who is this guy? <laughs> who is this voice? Some American, some American bloke. That's right. Some, some yank. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, man. It's been thanks, real. Th- thanks, Johnny. I really appreciate that. Have a good day, and uh, I'll catch up with you on Facebook. Hey, love you, bro, and I love Flintstones Radio. Alrighty, and that was Johnny from the Ironing Board Show. <laughs> I'm activated. I'm active. That was perfect timing. I got All a right. bail. God bless. See you later, mate. All right. Ta-da. Well, yeah. Yes. Um, Cruzy, could you, could you sing us a couple of lines from Waterloo just for the sound grab? I could. I could, but. But. but and, 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 and here's my reasoning. The, the two listeners that we, that we do have left might not want to listen to us again. And so for the sake of our show, for the, for the sake of our show, I would, not, I would not do that. So I'm doing this for you guys. Okay. I just uh, so that you guys know, you're all hot. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, um, I'm, I'm thoroughly disappointed. Yeah. Now, if it wasn't for my voice, I would have been a great singer. But yeah, <laughs> I can't help that. It's, um, but I must, I must say, I'm probably mm. still better than Britney Spears. <laughs> well, and ninety percent of musicians these days, so. Yeah, there'd be some people who'd argue you're, you're a whole lot better than Britney Spears and 90% of other musicians too, Cruzy. Mm. Um, because I'm not sure if people know, but you're an el- eligible ba- a bachelor. Mm-hmm. I've seen it on your Facebook wall, the comments you get about how good-looking you are and how come you're... You, you, I've seen the comments. They've said to you, how come you're not married? You're so good-looking. Yeah. Well, maybe we should just take, you know, some kind of mail. Can yeah. I auction him off? <laughs> <laughs> It's South Africa's eligible Let's bachelor show here, right here on Lake Flint yeah. Radio. <laughs> yeah, I just, just mentioned to the people that there's a no return policy on that one, eh? just in case. <laughs> what, what they see is what they get. <laughs> but, but seriously, I have seen it on your wall more than once, on your Facebook wall, yeah. and uh, I thought you've handled it quite well. Um, it's given me a giggle, and I, I've resisted um, teasing you about it up until this point. But um, You were desperate. Yeah. <laughs> we were desperate, desperate for footage. So here we go. <laughs> no comment. Oh, I don't think we'll go any further with that one, other than to say that I'm. I'm just going to repeat. 
South Africa's most eligible bachelor, right here on Flint Radio. Jake, Jacob Zuma. <laughs> <laughs> Is everyone pumped? Yes, everyone's excited. Yay! Woo! Ra ra ra. I just have a little bit of 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 a little a little bit of a little this was just for you, John. And um, just want to say we love you all and uh, God bless and a very happy new year to everyone and keep in touch with us. But for now, here's some shout outs. So uh, my first shout out is going to be to Gigi. That's Mr. Graham Gold. Oh, goodness. How do you say that? Is it Gould? Gould. G? Yep, Gould. Gould. Yep. So that's my shout out. That's to Gigi. I'll throw out a shout out for Derek and Sharon Gilbert and Sam Gilbert from View From The Bunker and PID Radio, some of my favorite podcasters in the whole wide world. And uh, thank you, Derek and Sharon, and have a blessed new year with your new venture. How about you, Cliffy? Uh, I guess to uh, Natalina for having me on her program. Uh, It was a really great experience uh, sitting there talking to her for a long time. Made her edit a lot. <laughs> she, <laughs> she had several hours actually to work with, and, uh, oh, but right. it was uh, it was a real joy to talk to her. She's a very very wonderful person, and oh. uh, and very intelligent. Uh, it was a it was a great conversation. So thanks a lot, Natalina. Yeah, as everyone just I'm, died. Waiting, I'm waiting to be invited. <laughs> I mean, you've asked those two. I'm waiting to be invited. It's going to sound you, odd G? if I just jump in. It's going to be <laughs> odd if I just jump in. So go again. Okay, so, so how's about you? Do you anybody on your side? Absolutely, absolutely. Big shout out to D. How's hey. it? How's it, D? Uh, <laughs> we we good to um, stay in touch D-Dutch. with you. Yes, D Dutch, D Dutch Malaprop, former host of Future Quake, South Africa. Yes, yeah, oh. so good day to D. How's it, mate? Um, yeah. Also, a shout out to all the people that help us in our Facebook group. I know you mentioned that earlier, but uh, thanks to all our moderators in there and all the all the all the other members in there as well. Shout out to them. Hello, good day. So we had a wonderful 2014 on the show, and um, we asked for your prayers for our show in 2015, and also we ask uh, God's blessing on all our listeners and their families for this uh, new year. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for all your support. God bless. Three, two, 
one. Happy, Happy New Year! Happy New Year! <laughs> 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 I was expecting Cliff to finish on his donkey call. <laughs> Hey, this is Tom Bionic here, wishing everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and a good year in the Lord. For this year, I hope that all of us learn what Paul was talking about and, and ponder his words there in Ephesians, encouraging all of us to put off our old selves and to put on the new in the attitudes of our minds, uh, to be created, to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. This comes from Ephesians chapter 4. One of my favorite passages of scripture, uh, 17, 17 through really 29, well, even 32. Maybe I'll just read the whole, the whole last half of the chapter there. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught, with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitudes of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands, that they must have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So going forward, I would hope that all of us, myself doubly so, a double portion of this, uh, that we all uh, work on and begin to put off the old self and to put on the new so that when people learn from us or talk to us or around us, uh, they can sense us being created uh, to be more and more like God in true righteousness and holiness. Thank you for joining us. We hope you've enjoyed our show. You can find us on the web at www.lightflintradio.com. If you'd like to contact us, you can email us at mail at lightflintradio.com. That's M-A-I-L at lightflintradio.com.
Snap. Who's there? Hatch. Hatch who? Bless you.